had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome, everybody. It is Tuesday, December 13th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you, as always, from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios. Visit business.louisville.edu to find out how you can get your MBA and feel like you're being paid to do so in the process. We are coming to you from 3 to 6 today, live on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it better as the Big X. Plenty to get to today, Trevor Kelsey. In the house, not rocking an Eagles shirt, which feels like it's happening for the first time in like 15 days. I'm rocking Eagles green for you. Your face looks very red. I don't know if you're just, were you slamming food before we got, are you winded a little bit? I got, I got like, I almost got it all the way down too. I'm yeah, you, were, you look flush. You, you you look like you just ran a marathon. <laughs> Is that what it looks like? It, you do. You you look like you're you're a little bit winded. Well, I didn't. I did not wind it. I'm, I'm, I'm. I've had plenty of wind. It was back with Arby's today. Yeah, I got Arby's. The good still. vibes continue. Good sandwich. Yeah, we feel good. That's not really Eagles green, but that's okay. It's kind. Of, well, yeah, you're right. No, I thought more, it was, that's my, I, th- I thought it was brighter than it was. No, that's when more I of like down. a pea soup green. Yeah, it kind of is. You're right. Yeah, this is. This, it's more. It's more pea green. <laughs> pea soup. Pea, just pea. No, if that's what yours looks like, you might want to go to the doctor about something else. I'm not nearly hydrated. Yeah. Uh, we got plenty to get to today. We've got uh, news that Transfer Portal is booming. A lot of implications for UofL. Uh, we've got uh, Fenway Bowl talk. The cards have arrived in Boston. The mingling between the cards and the Bearcats, which has got to be just weird as hell because it's like... <laughs> well, we'll talk about it in a second. We've got basketball talk that we have to get to because... We have to. We, we got to do. Can we, we just do. say for tomorrow? No, there the, are things that need to be said today because Kenny Payne talked to the media. Um, Ellis talked to the media as well. I want to talk about this podcast clip that I that I, I put out there that's going around now from Sam Bassini. So we'll, we'll discuss that. I saw you tweet a clip, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. Well, we'll, we'll play it for the people. Oh okay. well, that's nice. And then we'll hear from the text line. A lot of there were a lot of texts that went unread yesterday because it, Monday busy show. A lot of a lot of talk out there. A lot of a lot of takes being spit. And then, of course, the salad gate took over far more of the show than we expected. Listen, just because you don't have enough time for the people, I do. I'm a producer of the people. Did you text people back? I'm the last voice night? of the voiceless. Did you text people? Is that what you're talking about? Oh, no, about? of course not. not I thought you said no, you were going yeah, to. Yes, I did. I okay. did. Okay. I, that, that was, that spent about half an hour texting people back. I tried to text too late back because I don't know. I mean, I don't know what people are doing. Yeah. Plus, some of the texts, I, I, you didn't read some that were from like 430. And I just replied to those two. That's nice. Yeah, they're I, probably they're probably like just driving around like three hours later, like 
the hell? I don't even remember sending this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, text line, by the way, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. If you want to uh, download that Refreshing Rewards app today, get a free sandwich, get a free drink. Still going on. Again, open up your app, search Thornton's or search Refreshing Rewards, become a member. It's that easy. Very simple. It's going to save you money at the pump or inside when you purchase any of the number of delicious Thornton's goodies and treats and drinks. They got everything for you. That's why there's 45,614 of them. They're that many because they know what the hell they're doing. 502-414-1450. TK, how was your Monday night? Yeah, boring. It was good. Yeah. We it, it was kind of like in a nutshell, the way the, the Monday Night Football game kind of described my Monday night. I didn't watch a second of it. I watched a little bit of it, but I got home late. And, of course, you know, obviously I didn't get to see the end of Kyler, Kyler Murray's career, or at least season. But, you know, not that the season wasn't over to begin with for the Arizona Cardinals. But, hey, we will pick the Patriots to cover and win. We did. Did so that what happened? I didn't even know. <laughs> did they did. The only thing that I saw was the Devontae <laughs> Parker concussion. Yeah, that kind of sucked. Cause I, Kyler I, I, I picked him to have a good game, and he starts out but two two for twenty four, and then yeah, and he gets the concussion. I was like, oh, that's kind of that's kind of being Austin Parker's kind of career for this point. Like we're gonna start out and have a nice little beginning of the game, and then we'll leave injured. Yeah. We'll, we're we're out for the rest of the game. Yeah, he's had a couple bad runnings. Yeah, he's, I think he's had one season where he's played a whole season, maybe. And that was his probably clearly his best year. I think he had like twelve hundred yards that year. Yeah, um, kind of sucks, but yeah. I feel like we need to start today though with the new. We, we mentioned this yesterday that we it was coming, but we get the official word this morning that Mississippi State head football coach Mike Leach uh, has passed away after suffering um, complications due to a heart issue. Is how they're phrasing it. He, I mean, the news was breaking. I guess on Sunday that something had happened. He was flown to an airport two hours away, which is never a good sign when they have to take you to a, a specialty hospital. I said airport, a specialty hospital. Yeah, I she meant that. Two hours outside of Starkville. And, you know, the, the people who were close to him kind of were relaying the message on Sunday night and then throughout yesterday that it was uh, probably not going to get better, that it was a, you know, he was going to need a miracle. Uh, it does sound like his family at least got to say goodbye, but I don't think he was conscious. Just a, a shocking thing. I mean, I watched out of nowhere. I mean, I mean, yeah. It, people are saying now that he had, I guess, had. Well, if you're close to him, but I mean, for, for well, we did, yeah, we didn't know. Yeah, a majority of, of this country, including I'm sure a lot, a, high, a, a large chunk of the fan base at Mississippi State, and yeah, and and I'm sure fans of his still Washington State, and maybe some at Texas Tech, for sure, not named James, but you know, he's. He's probably, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it came, I mean, this is. It's jarring because we just saw him. I mean, I watched a solid chunk of the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. And, you know, it was a nice upset win for Mississippi State. He, he's going to go out a winner. But he, you know, certainly there was nothing that, there that would indicate that he was dealing with something. I, know he, I think he had mentioned, unbeknownst to me, on a couple of podcasts and a couple of, of media interviews that he had been dealing with what he thought was uh, either COVID or bronchitis, uh, no, pneumonia, I should say, for a while and just couldn't seem to shake it. And, and maybe that played a role. I, it, it, however it happened, it's, I mean, he's 61 years old, far too soon. I think we all thought that we had a solid decade left uh, with the Pirate giving crazy quips and you know, going off on, on tangents when he was asked uh, questions. But this is, it, it's a huge blow for college football. There wasn't a personality like him. I linked the, the story on News and Notes Day on Card Chronicle from a few years ago. One of the, my favorite things that I've read in the last five, ten years uh, of sports coverage was them doing an oral history of the quarterback meeting rooms that they've had, going back and talking to old quarterbacks that he had at Texas Tech and at Washington State and then more recently at Mississippi State and just, you know, about how, like, 
they would sit there for three hours and like not talk about football and they, they knew what they were getting into. And like one of them would actively, like if they had had a bad practice would try to like get his, you know, his mind on something else with like a simple question, just like let him go for 45 minutes. It was, it was hilarious and it was fascinating and it sucks that he's gone. And I know that, uh, you know, certainly Mississippi state fans are hurting and it's a, it, it's a weird thing now because you also have not only is Mississippi state trying to find a coach, you've got national signing day coming up and like, Programs are trying to poach their recruits. It's just a, it is a, it's a nasty business. We all know this, but certainly the focus should be on on losing Leach. And you know, it's been fun to see all the different tributes, all the, you know, the people putting together the these are my favorite moments, like these great quotes, like all the stuff that I'd kind of forgotten about from over the years. Uh, but certainly, you trade all of that just to just to have let this man have his life back. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss. I was I liked Mike Leach. I was I was a fan of both the you know on the mic and the, even just the. I mean, he's you know, kind of the, the the father of the modern day air raid. I mean, it's coin the name. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, there's there's coaches you know before him that, that that did similar stuff. But you know, when you talk about like you know in the last you know twenty thirty you know thirty years really, almost that it's been you know it's been Mike Leach. I mean, and you look and you look at coaches you know around the league, including last night Cliff Kingsbury is a disciple of his. You know, you see him, you see Sonny Dykes, who's just went going with doing what he's doing with TCU. Who came up under Mike Leach? I mean, it's the, his fingerprints are all over college football, obviously, and then they're, they're going to be there for years and years to come. And just unfortunately, he's not not here. We're not here here to enjoy his antics and enjoy watching. You know, the the man who came, you know, kind of helped come up with this the scheme, do it himself. Yeah, I liked reading the. There was a story that I had not read before where how mommy is talking about, you know, how you know Leach had as much to do with that that initial air raid offense as he did and he said he actually said that he coined the the term air raid and he was like we only got national notoriety because after every game we would put up these ridiculous stats leach would write these press releases and send them to like all these different publications across the country this is back in the day before you could just post something on the internet he was like he would he was our hype man like he was he was he would go be a publicist he'd write the stats he'd be like can you believe this is the first time it's happened and really shed some some light on our program and got some attention for this offense and I guess I hadn't realized that he you know, he went to law school, got his law degree, and then just I like didn't know that yeah, either. I mean he, he got his law degree, and then like a year after getting into law school, just decided not to practice and started becoming a coach. Like like took his first coaching job as an assistant, kind of like you a little bit, except you know you well, went he to one semester he, and then he, he went uh, to radio. You always say one semester; it's one year. I, I did two semesters. Oh my bad. Give credit where credit's due. I'm officially a one L graduate. I, I could have been a two L if I'd wanted to. Uh, I'm one third of the way to a law degree, but Mike Leach got all the way there and uh, and just said, you know, no, I, I don't really want to be a lawyer and started crafting this air raid offense, made it his thing and, and was hyping himself up ever since. Uh, but it's super sad and super weird that he's gone. It just he seems like one of those guys that you just assumed would be there around forever. I mean, he's one of those guys that when, when I'm feeling when froggy, I created as my coach on bad when I want to air it out. Now I can't do that. It's just too weird. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, you know, it's just that. Yeah, it's. Very sad. It, it is. I'm, 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 like I said, I'm just going to miss uh, hearing the antics, going back and watching the videos. But uh, more importantly, I'm just going to miss watching the air raid offense and, and what he's doing. I was hoping to see, like, see, I was hoping he could get to be successful at Mississippi State with the offense again and, and kind of, you know, move on. I know it's, you know, it's more, he was more of a kind of a seven, eight win guy with the exception sure. of the, the, you know, the special years. But, you know, he, he came in, had a rough start at Mississippi State, and you just saw it all clicking together kind of this year. They went, what, I think they went eight games, nine games, I believe. I think they were eight and four, seven eight and five. Eight and four, yeah. They're so, right there. Yeah, right there. It, it, where you, you know that, 
you know, Mike Leach is probably going to have another one of those years, another eight win, maybe nine win year next year. And then, you know, if he gets that right quarterback in there and with the way the transfer portal is going now and, you know, I mean, who knows what kind of, you know, weapon he could have received, whether it be, you know, wide receiver, tight end quarterback. Yeah. That, you know, they could have, Mississippi State could have been had one of those those years. right? And they could still, but, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they would, somebody in his coaching staff is going to coach their bowl game, I guess. And, yeah. And then I would think if you're Mississippi State, you almost have to kind of keep it in-house in terms of going forward for next year, right? Probably, yeah. They, they went 8-4 and four almost, this year, 4-4 four and four in the SEC. They're going to play Illinois in their bowl game, which nice, will be nice a contrast of styles. Yeah, which, uh, speaking of, uh, Ryan Walters, the defensive coordinator at Illinois, has now taken the head coaching job at Purdue. Um, so, but Illinois' defense very good. Mississippi State. I mean, also, I mean, he, I mean, he made he won at Washington State, which is yeah, no small feat. I mean, everybody will remember the Crabtree play, the touchdown. Of course, catch, and, yeah. and that team ended up. Yeah, I know they they were eleven. They got team. in the playoff, but they ended up. And people were like, "Well, they ended up tanking." They they lost right after that game and got out of the national title race, but they still went ten and two and then won their bowl game to finish eleven and two. Like he's had, he won at places that you're not supposed to win, and he made. Like I remember just. You know, a younger Mike when I was able to like stay up late and you know live the Trevor Kelsey lifestyle a little bit I loved having him at Washington State because they would kick off games like 11 o'clock on the east coast and you're like I don't know if they're gonna win I know they're gonna throw 60 times like this is gonna be fun as hell if they lose by 40 or if they win by 40 yeah I'm gonna watch Washington State play you know Oregon State in a game that I've got zero rooting interest in whatsoever just because he's gonna make it entertaining uh, it's just sad to have that that character gone yes I second that emotion. Um, speaking of football, UofL, the football team, has made the trip. They're officially in Boston. Um, I, I saw somebody sent me a picture of, I'm trying to pull it up right now, of the uh, the, the lobby at the, the team hotel in Boston, which is ready for the cards. Uh, they're all there. They've got, the, they've got the, the UofL stuff on the elevators, all that good stuff happening. And now you have, I don't, I haven't seen a, like order of events for this week. But, you know, they'll do the thing where it's like they have bowling excursions for the teams and they'll have, you know, a wing eating contests or something. All that stuff. Do, do, do they still do the, they do the, do the team, both teams have a dinner together or something. I think, yeah, that's what I said. Like they have the yeah. wing eating contest. Like they used to have, they had the famous dance contest, the Beef O'Brady's Bowl. Like Jerome had, Brown is not happy about that still. We had, my favorite bowl <laughs> story of all time is still the dance contest between Louisville and Southern Miss, the Beef O'Brady's Bowl. They got in a fight there, dude. They got into a, yeah. a near fight and like, the Southern Miss, the the quote I'm paraphrasing here, but the quote was like, somebody was like, "Well, what happened?" He's like, "They were in our face, talking smack, saying we couldn't dance and we played in Conference USA." And I was like, "Oh, I was like that's the greatest quote of all, <laughs> greatest bowl quote of all time. We can't dance and we play in Conference USA." But like, everybody's kind of assuming, and people have pointed out the fact also that the Fenway Bowl is going to have both teams on the same sidelines because it's like Which, one gigantic sideline, no. and was like, "Ooh, these two teams are going to fight." And I was kind of thinking about it, and I'm like. What's really the smack here? Because, you know, Louisville might be like, you took our head coach, like, F you guys. And Cincinnati's going to be like, we don't even really know this guy. You know, it's not like we're, we hate you because we've got Scott Satterfield and we have all this bad blood because you are our former. Like, he did his introductory thing with the team. I'm sure he's met with some players, but he's not going to Boston. He's not with the team. These kids have spent, these Cincinnati players have spent at most like an hour with this guy who they don't know at all. Like, is there really going to be that much? Like, I feel like the bad blood will be more about the programs being old rivals than it will be about. Yeah, but does, does stuff. any kid on this either roster remember? The were they even? Were, how were they even laced in these? No, but like, but like the coaches will tell them. Was and it thirteen like, last time we played? Yeah, I mean, it was nine. It was twenty thirteen. So, so it was nine, nine years, years ago. ago. So these kids were all like eight no, years kids, old. Some of these kids were like eleven, twelve. Yeah. 
I mean, Malik, no, Malik was in high school already, but Malik, I mean, Malik was legit <laughs> sixteen. Yeah, he he's not playing though. So, but like, the, like I, I think you, you know, for rivalry games, the coaches and the fans will get in your head and be like, you know, we hate these guys, and I think there's something to that. But as far as like the Satterfield angle, I, I, mean, don't, you, I don't know if that's going to be a big point of contention between these players. I mean, I guess the, you know, if Cincinnati players want to talk, they can say they stole. We we, we took your coach and. I would I would like to think the our players would reply with no you took the poop out of our toilet or just saying like thanks yeah th- yeah. yeah we I'm I'm thank you thank you for cleaning out our septic tank and, and, and clearing rooms so I mean that that's he doesn't even want to be here with you at this ball game what does that tell you I mean you you can find some trash to talk I'm sure a little bit I mean I I don't know you know if there'd be a I'm I don't know if the, the teams are doing their little meeting uh, dance off at maybe like Paul Revere's house or something so maybe not getting a fight there but. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see. I, I am curious if there is some sort of bad blood, because I, I guess if you're Louisville, the motivation is to... I mean, I don't know how much bad blood's really in the fanhood, too. I mean... Oh, there's, there's bad blood out there. You still... Be young, like I said, I mean, we just described, I mean, within nine years, I mean, so you're... For your, it's still there, though. You're for a teenager. If you're a fan of in their teenage age or even early 20s... Well, those kids, teenagers don't even care about sports anymore. Anyway, so, but like, you can check my mentions. You can check the website. You can check the... Like, there's... There, there's bad blood there between the fans, like especially now that they're, you know, the the view is like that we left them behind when we made the move to the ACC, but they became the better program, and now they're going to the Big Twelve, and they're the big bad boys, and all this stuff, and like they want to prove. It. And I guess if you're a U of L player, there's a part of you that wants to like give a middle finger to Satterfield, saying you thought that you're going to the superior program or that better days are ahead for you. We're gonna show you not by beating you, but it's just again, bowl games are weird. In this game, especially, like I, I saw Michael McCammon from Cardinal Authority. The depth charts are out for the team, for both teams, and he still spent time trying to figure out like which ones of these guys on both sides are going to play. Like, like we we don't know. Um, we did find out Trey Tucker, who is the second leading wide receiver for Cincinnati this year, he's opted out. He's not going to play in the bowl game. He's he's going to get ready for the draft. Uh, we know Malik's not playing. We know Tyon Tyon Evans is not playing. Um, besides that, I mean, like we don't like. You, you a lot of times you don't know until game time with these bowl games. Like, like Saturday morning, you might just see some guys that are on the depth chart that you assumed were going to be here, just not suited up. Maybe your opponent's quarterback gets punched in the mouth by another player. I mean, at least we knew that was happening before the game, <laughs> and then we lost to the, to the wide receiver that they've moved to quarterback, Keaton Thompson, who ended up being a great wide receiver in Virginia. In Virginia yeah. Um, but we just you know you, you don't know, and, and the bowl game is weird to begin with, and it's only going to get weirder. As Maybe you game. give up 500 yards passing to a team that hasn't thrown five passes all year. I, I, who and, knows? And part of that was like our secondary had two guys starting who hadn't played like the entire year, like like you know. Not that they should have been giving up 500 yards to the Air say, Force. Really not much of an excuse, but, like, you but... know, we're, we're looking back there. We're like, oh, I forgot this guy was on the roster, and he's starting today. Great. Um, and you may have some of those situations on Saturday afternoon. But, uh, you know, we'll keep talking about the game as the week as comes to an end and gets closer. The other big football piece of news today, it's been kind of this, I was going to say unspoken, but everybody's been talking about it, including on this show. Like, everybody has just kind of assumed I don't know where the source came, but everybody had the same source saying Austin Reed, the Western Kentucky transfer quarterback, is going to come to Louisville. I mean, I, I've had no short of short, shorter than like seven people text me in no uncertain terms like the WKU kid's coming. Like that was the, the day. He's coming. He's coming. Well, guess what? He's not coming because today he announced that he's returning to Western Kentucky uh, for another season with the Hilltoppers that may or may not have something to do with the fact that earlier in the morning, Tyson Helton, who a lot of people thought was going to get the head coaching job at Purdue, 
did not get the job. Ryan Walters, the defensive coordinator at Illinois, will be the next head coach at Purdue, which most Purdue fans have been gracious with with, uh, with the Satterfield thing and the Brom thing. But there have been some that are like, why would he ever leave? And to those people, I say, congratulations. You just hired a defensive coordinator from a team that you beat this year. <laughs> Who's primarily was his main identity was being just a running team anyway. I mean, we can get a better coach if you guys take Brom. Well, you know. He maybe he winds up being great, but you hire the defensive coordinator of a team that your former head coach just beat this season. So and I don't there's know his, that. I don't know his whole resume, so I couldn't tell you if he's. They had a great defense this year. I'm not trying to to belittle them. They did, but they also they, but, were, they were also a ball control team with Chase Brown. That, exactly. That I mean limited the other team from getting offensive ex- touches as well as the fact that I mean what offenses did they play really that were I mean I'm sorry, but Wisconsin wasn't blowing the doors off anybody. I mean, we thought it was a big deal. Min- Min- Minnesota, Minnesota has obviously struggled, especially when Tanner Morgan went down. I mean, they were they became more limited offensively. Yeah, because we, 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 they beat Virginia like thirty-four nothing, right? And everybody was like, "Ooh, that, that you know the well." The, remember the first game of the year was, was the shootout with Indiana, which they lost. Second game of the year, they beat Wyoming and then oh, they, they okay, lost. It wasn't really a shootout, twenty-three to twenty. Um, but well, they beat Virginia 24-3, and everybody was like, oh, my God. It's in Indiana's offense. They held Virginia to three points. This was the number one offense in America last year. Little do we know at the time that Virginia's offense was going to be like 121st this year. So they, you know, they – and then they, yeah, they held Iowa to six, and people were like, ooh. And then we realized everybody's holding Iowa to six. Iowa holds themselves to three. But they – yeah, no, no kidding. <laughs> Purdue did score 31 against them in that victory. They did hold Michigan to, to 19 points, which was impressive. All right. I mean, we, we, I mean yeah. it's, a, it's a good defense. There's no way around it. There's, I mean, yeah, I'm not saying it's not. He, he could be defense. a great coach. It's just, you know. But the – If you think that if you think that, that hire is, is moving the needle to our – oh, you can take our coach or you, it's okay because we can give what we want. I mean, I guess you can claim that's who you wanted, but – The reaction that I saw is the same as I feel like most of the time when a power conference program – is hiring a coordinator. Like, Purdue fans were kind of sort of like, is this the best we can get? And then every Illinois fan is like, y'all got a great one. Hope you appreciate it. Like, that's because when you're losing a coordinator to a power conference, usually that coordinator's been really successful and really well-liked this past program. But still, like, if you're Purdue and you just had Except Jeff Brom, <laughs> what do you mean? Except Brian Brown. Well, I mean, you just because you hate Brian. Well, Brian Brown's not getting a head coaching job. Yeah, so. I know. But like, look at <laughs> look at what we said about Lance Taylor. He was here for one year. Everybody's like, "Damn, he's a he's a great one." Good luck at Western Michigan. But I'm talking about power conferences. When you hire a, pow, a fellow power conference coordinator, that guy has killed it. The, the other program loves him, but you kind of feel like you're settling. Like if you're Purdue, you had Jeff Brom who killed it as a head coach at Western. You felt like you you could get another head coach who just established himself. Like the fan base is going to be like, eh, really? Like, is this the best we could do? We thought we were going to get, you know, Tyson Helton was out there, uh, other head coaches that have had success. And the other team is like, just wait. <laughs> just wait. He's going to show you. I mean, Tyson Helton, I, I think, is somebody you could focus on. I mean, but when you're talking about getting a, at Purdue looking to hire a head coach, I mean, you're not looking anywhere inside a Power Five conference. I mean, you're not taking. Another like like we did to them. I mean, because they, obviously the alma mater. Got to be really thing. good to do that. Yeah, I mean, you got to be gonna be cool like Louisville. Got to be really cool. Got to be hip and slick like we are. But I mean, that's you. Yeah, your best bets to going into the westerns or the you know, like what TC did with getting Sonny back out of Louisiana Tech after the the debacle it was California with his career. And I mean, that's that's that we, if you don't and if you're not going to do that, then you have to go with you know the, the coordinator thing. I mean. I guess with if if you're Purdue and you want to keep kind of being more the 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 aired out offense, if you're going to hire a defensive coordinator, 
that if you're going to hire a coordinator, maybe go after that guy because that way you can just, then you can bring in the offensive coordinator that's going to run that kind of offense, maybe up and coming type level guy. But I, I, I don't know. I helped. I thought it would have been a nice little hire for them. Uh, he was a lot of people thought was the front runner and just uh, did not happen for whatever reason. The last thing before we go to break here, uh, Adam Rittenberg had a insider Sam article. Tweeting at you, by the way. Yeah, I love Sam. Uh, Adam Rittenberg had a story on ESPN Insider today talking about the the 10 things we learned with the coaching carousel. He declared Louisville to be one of the big winners of the coaching cycle. And this is what he said. I I bring this up because you mentioned the Sonny Dykes thing. He says, Scott Satterfield is a good coach who ultimately wasn't a great fit at Louisville. There are plenty of examples similar to him, including Sonny Dykes, who didn't click at Cal but has led TCU to its first CFP appearance. Perhaps Satterfield will have a similar impact at Cincinnati, although my concern is that the job seems too similar to the one that he left at Louisville. I kind of said the same thing when he took the job. Either way, Satterfield's departure allowed Louisville to hire the man that many wanted to get the job when Satterfield arrived, Jeff Brom. After leading Purdue to its first Big Ten championship game appearance, Brom decided to head home. Most coaches wouldn't entertain leaving the Big Ten or the SEC for a job in the ACC, Big 12, or Pac-12, but Brom is different. His connection to Louisville is different. He's the biggest star from the most decorated football family in the city and at the university. Brahm is back where he belongs. There's no guarantees in coaching hires, and sometimes going home brings more problems than leaving for a new destination, but Brahm could make a similar impact at Louisville as his own coach there, Howard Schnellenberger. Before the Big Ten Championship game, Brahm told me about the confidence Schnellenberger would instill in him and his Louisville teammates. He goes on to use a lengthy quote that Brahm talks about how Howard could always get them to feel like they could beat anybody, even when they were wildly outmatched and then Rittenberg ends with Brom should restore a similar swagger at Louisville he's an aggressive coach who runs a fun offense and should get the team closer to championship contention that'll make you feel good I'm I'm feel good already I I tell you I mean last week like because I was you know under the weather during the uh the whole the Brom week I mean it's still all even even like Friday I still felt like it was still a fever dream that this is this has come true (laughs) like I can't I still want to pinch myself sometimes when I wake up don't don't wake me up. <laughs> don't just don't wake me dream, up. Just dream let me sleep. California dreams. And the Sunny Dykes actually did. Well. He was okay in California. They just they, unlike us, they fired him because he interviewed for another job. Was he okay? He Cal? signed it. I mean, he may not have been great, but I don't. I mean, I think he may may have had a losing years last year. But like the, the thing was, was he signed an extension and he went and uh, interviewed with somebody, and Cal was like, "Well, screw you, you're fired." And it's like fired him. Uh, what was who was the Boston College? Jeff Jagosinski. Yeah, yeah, they kind of did that to him a little bit, where they just fired him for. Remember, he looked at that poor guy, and he's like, <laughs> he's like an assistant coach at a high school. Yeah, no. <laughs> Sonny's had a little bit better turnaround since since it happened to him. Sonny Dykes not great at Cal. Uh, I mean, he was. I mean, he, he had was, one winning season. I don't have what, four th- years. Four years. One and eleven, five and seven, five and seven, eight and five. Yeah, I mean, look at the one eleven. He took over. They were bad when he got there, though. And then he went to SMU and was zero and one. Well, and, yeah, five and seven, he had to go three, SMU just because he got fired right before the season. His last bowl game at SMU, Fenway Bowl, canceled for, canceled by COVID. That's yeah, the Louisiana Tech. That's where he was before California. I Correct. Believe. Yeah, my bad. Correct. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, little hoops talk. I think his name came up when we were hiring. Yeah, I think he did. Cover your ears. Little hoops talk coming up after the break. We, we got to do it, and then we'll take some texts at five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on a Tuesday on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X.
got into an accident and caught and caught the school But when he finally came back His hair had turned from black into bright white He said that it was from when the cousin smashed so Welcome back in. Mike Rutherford Show, Tuesday edition here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Talk about the basketball season right now. We've got, uh, we've got big entertainment news pertinent to our interest around here. We talked about the vibes being right, the karma being reset due to uh, Greg Fisher getting the Dalai Lama jersey, which, by the way, Greg Fisher calling himself the people's mayor today. I was like, man. <laughs> I'd Are you trying to be the rock? <laughs> I'd give... So much to have a fourth of the confidence and a lack of self-awareness of any po- politician. Like just <laughs> the people's man. I'm like, no, no, that's just, it's not going to work. But you did restore the karma. You got the Dalai Lama, that jersey. Since then, things have been good. And in more evidence of that, this is huge news. And I know you're a big fan of both these people. Jack, I, I know where you're going with this. Jack Harlow, your friend. He's my buddy. My cousin. He's, he spoke this into existence. He said that he wanted to make this happen when he was trying to get famous back in the day. Is now dating Dua Lipa, who you. No, so, 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 well, now, was she famous before he was? Yes. She's been famous for. She, she, she became famous as a model first. Okay. And then she became like a huge singer. I think in 2018, she was like the number two artist in, in the world. Um, she's made a ton of money. Explains why it's three years later. I didn't never I didn't know if I heard of her. Four years. Uh, that's... No, I heard of her in like 2000. Didn't she do the New Rules song? I don't know what that is. It was on a Madden like two years ago. I should have known that it was something from a video game. <laughs> I think it's called New Rules. But she is very famous, very attractive, and she's now dating Jack Harlow. Dare I say, the cards are officially back. <laughs> We're beating Florida A&M, folks. If Harlow can do this, we can beat Florida A&M on Saturday. I'm not oh. sure about Western Kentucky on Wednesday. But, Flor- which, by the way, that spread is out. If this is the game, at least if in the end, at least one of us will be scoring. I mean. Guess the spread on, on Wednesday, by the way, tomorrow night's game against Western. It's out. Um, it's at Louisville, right? It is at Louisville. Does that, you know, does that even matter? I'm going to say Western minus three. Six and a half. Six and a half. Six and a half. We're six and a half underdogs at home. To a not great Western Kelly Dickey, when's the last time we were, six, we were underdogs to anyone at home against a non-Power 5? Um... Well, yeah, this is the first one we've played since the the first three games. So, no, I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking not talking this I know, year. I it hasn't been this year. Um, it's probably had to have been a while. But we're talking, I'm talking, not even Power Five, non Power Five. I know that's what I'm saying. I mean, you'd have to go back to like. I mean, I we were underdogs at home like just a couple days ago. That's true, but I mean, I'm just but saying. Non Power Five, I can't. I don't even know if this might be the first, right? And I mean, yeah, because we. We, like we, our non-conference record is incredible over the last few years. Yeah, I mean maybe like because we were favored over Michigan when they were number one a couple of years ago and beat them. I mean, I, I mean, I, I'll even limit it back to just being a home underdog in general, I guess. But like you said, we were just flat this week ago. But man, I can't. Yeah, we, we yeah we've been our last two home games. We've been underdogs. Yeah. Um, Miami and Maryland. But I, it's it's the, the sad thing about this. And by the way, again, not to. To just move on from Jack Harlow, because congratulations, Jack. You're doing you're yeah, because doing, doing actually, dude, that, that this does make me have a question for you. Okay, like because you just mentioned, like this is somebody he, I kind of, I guess, before he got famous was yes, you know, had maybe had a poster above the bed in the in the room and stuff. Mike Rutherford, you just became famous. 
Mary, you have to meet Mary. So this is hypothetical, completely hypothetical. Dangerous hypothetical. Dangerous hypothetical. I don't care to answer this hypothetical. <laughs> Who's a celebrity that you're gonna you're gonna you're going to, to date? That you you were like, I'm famous now. I can actually date her. Well, I will say, like, I grew up like you. My biggest crush growing up was Kelly Kapowski. Right there, yeah. And then I ended up marrying a woman who a lot of people have said before, like I even met her, like she looks like <laughs> Kelly Kapowski. And the first time I get pointed out to me, she, like we were on a plane, and somebody was like, oh, my God, you look just like Kelly from Saved by the Bell. And I was like, I don't think I ever had a chance here. I'm like, like this is why I was so swe- like, This is why I was just so enamored right off the bat. Uh, I, I was just like preconditioned to fall in love with this woman because she looks like Kelly Kapowski. Um, Tiffany Matheson, by the way, is still holding up. She holds up great. Yeah, and still looks like my wife. So I, I feel like I have to say that, even if even if I even if she wasn't, I would still some have to of, say that. Some of the illustrious five uh, from Trevor's youth, not all of them all held up. Like Nicole Eggert, no. Some of them. I might have a shot at Nicole Eggert now, actually. I don't know about that. Uh, have you seen her? Yes. I mean, I do is maybe throw out some 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 some, some blow money for it. <laughs> uh, but props to Harlow. The the Western game though tomorrow. I was thinking about this actually as I got out of the car. Like we're all the hashtag is real. All eyes on December seventeenth. Like like we're focused on Florida A and M. And it's bad that should we be looking past Western? <laughs> it's we kind of are, but for the wrong reason. No, no, I was gonna say, but like, are you looking right past Western? Yeah, we don't think we can win. Like what I said <laughs> again, it's not a terrible Western team by any stretch. They're they're eight and one, but I'm like this isn't a Western team. They haven't beaten anybody really of note. It's not a no, Western team. We. we I, I think we're all aware of that, Trevor. <laughs> it's not a Western team that I think anybody believes is going to get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament if they don't win CUSA. Now, maybe if they went, if they run the table and have like a 30-2 and record, they could get in. I don't think that that's going to happen because Rick Stansberry is their head coach. But even with that being the case, even with them being like just a whatever, okay, good, not great Western team, we've all just accepted defeat here. And they're coming to our place. This is a team that we had beaten 26 out of 29 times before losing last year. And I, I can't tell you. I think they beat us at, at, on a neutral back in 09. The, 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 it was 09 or 08. It was, I think it was the, actually it was early 08 because it was, ended up being the team that was the number one overall. You're talking about the, the team, the, the, the Preston Knowles, with the Knowles was on that team? In no, 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 no. This is the, the 08 09 team. They lost to Western early in the season. Yeah, and, we lost and, them down like in Nashville or something one year. Exactly. Yeah. In Nashville. But we have not lost to them at home. I think in a very, very long time. Well, is is it not the Dwayne Morton Miss Dunk game? May have been. Well, then, well, then that was in like ninety three, ninety four. Again, when like we had won twenty six. I don't know if you 29. remember that game. Of course, or not, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, I can't forget it. We have won twenty six out of twenty. We have owned these guys, and most of these these games have not been close. And yet here we are against not one of the better teams over that span, playing them at home, and we're like, well, no shot in this one. It is so depressing to be in this position in mid-December. Question is, do I double down on my FSU winnings on Western Kentucky against Louisville tomorrow night? I kind of feel, I mean, again, like if you had bet $100 on Louisville against Louisville every single game and just carried it over, you'd have $38,000 right now. <laughs> I mean, if I start the trend now, do you think, I mean, of course, no, me, I'm late to the party. Like, you know, I'm finding out who Dulupi is in, in, you know, 2022. But should, should I do it? Six points? I mean... I'm not. I was confident about Florida State with the ten and a half, but I mean, like you said, Westerns six and a half seems still low to me. Like it, it just. It, here's the thing about the. Here I am. I'm trying to hey, convince on. myself. Here's the thing about the spread thing because it's not just the fact we're zero and nine against the spread this year. Oh yeah, it's the longest streak that Louisville's ever had without covering a game. Not only are they zero and nine, 
we haven't come within seven points of covering a spread. <laughs> we haven't even been close to covering a spread. I laugh because I'm out of tears. Vegas keeps trying to overcorrect. They can't do it enough. Like they, like six and a half is still three. Po- it's a full three and a half points higher than the analytics say this game is going to be. They're trying. They're trying to make this as big as possible. It's going to get bet in Western Kentucky's favor, I'm sure. Like at this point, just you have until Louisville comes close to covering a spread, you just have to assume they're not going to do it. Let's just say. For bleeps and giggles, depending on which fan base you're supporting, uh, Louisville doesn't cover this game. Okay. Western wins by 13. Seems logical, actually. What's the line going into the AM game on Saturday? It's going to be us by... Like one? No. It'll <laughs> be more than that. It, you can argue that it shouldn't be. It'll be us by like eight and a half, nine, ten. Ooh, so in that case... Do I still bet A and M? Because can we beat a team by an eight or nine? If they, if we're, if we're zero and ten without covering the spread, I think you. I don't know how you can <laughs> rationally put money on Louisville to cover the spread against anybody until they actually do it or come close to doing it. I mean, what if that line is like four or five at home against the Florida A and M team? Then it's the most depressing. Like that again. I know we're three hundred sixtieth out of three hundred sixty-three teams on the net. I think that we're better than that. I think. <laughs> oh, I know we have more talent than that. But Florida and M, Florida and M on Ken Palm is three fifty nine. This is this is one of the worst teams. So that, they're right ahead of us. No, on, on Ken Palm we're like two something. Oh, think, oh Ken Palm, okay, my bad. Because Ken Palm tries to they're, they're a predictive metric. This is one of the worst teams <laughs> that has ever come into the KFCM Center. If they wait, wait, se- them or us them okay. If they beat us, I think we become the worst team to ever play inside the KFCM Center. And if they beat us again. I, I know people have jokingly said, like, yeah, are we I going to win a game this season? Are we going to win, like, two games this season? If we lose this game, that, that talk, which I feel like has been over the top and just kind of ridiculous this entire time, becomes very real. If we can't yeah. beat Florida A&M and we're 0-11, we, I mean, we may lose out. I don't think it's going to happen. The Rattlers don't want this. It's all eyes on December 17th. We're going to win that game. But if we don't, yeah, you start thinking about, going winless for an entire season, which is unfathomable. It has happened six times in the history of D1 that a school has, has not won a game for an entire season, I guess in the modern era, you know, back before, you know, since like 1920. If one of those teams is us. How many did you say? Six. And the, there's the, like Prairie View. Like I remember and, and NJIT. NJIT when they just transitioned to yeah, D1. Yeah, them and Prairie View A&M or whatever, both I think went like back-to-back winless seasons too. I don't – I think NJIT won one game the year after they went Maybe, winless. okay, that's maybe it was more yeah, than that. They're, they're okay. only on the list once. Okay, maybe they didn't – okay. I knew they were bad. I knew both those teams were bad because one of them, I think NJIT broke Prairie View's losing streak record. They did. You're, you're correct about that. Okay. Um. It's the fact that we're even discussing this. <laughs> I mean, who are the other four on the list? So, I don't have it in front of me. Okay, it, it's so. Me. I mean, I'm assuming they're not power five. We'd be the only power five school on it, right? Oh, yeah. Or, or let alone just the even recognizable name because, I mean, that's outside of this room and uh, maybe I'd say a decent amount of our listing base. So the only. You know who the other schools are we just talked about. The only winless seasons since 1955. I, I, Five. Baylor technically went 0 and 17 in 1945. What? In what year? 1945. Oh, okay. But since then. I was going to say, I thought you were talking about the year they got the no. suspension stuff. No, even they won uh, several games. I think they, they went, but they didn't also play a lot of games either. The Citadel in 1955 went 0 and 17. In what year? 
1955. Oh, that's where isn't that where uh, Robert Parrish played, or is that Century? No, he did not go to Citadel. Prairie View A&M in 1992 went 0 and 28. <laughs> Savannah State in 2004 went 0 and 28. NJIT in 2008 went 0 and 29. Grambling in 2013 went 0 and 28. That's it. That's the list that we're joining. <laughs> Grambling, NGIT, Savannah State, Prairie View, Louisville. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, but if it does, my God. I mean, that's just. Now let's, I, I, I want to, we're going to play the clip. I, I want to talk about the podcast earlier. Sam Vecini, he's been on this show before. He used to come on the, uh, the the other show with me all the time because whenever I would have to host by myself, like I knew Sam would always come on, and he was like my like two a.m. girl that I'm texting, like, "Hey Sam, like doing radio in about an hour. You want to come on and talk some Louisville, talk some college basketball?" That's how, that's how I met T.J. Walker. Yeah, he would. Always, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be on the way to the studio at two thirty. I'm like, he always you want to talk yes. about sports. You want to talk about sports in an hour? <laughs> and I mean, Sam's great. So he used to cover college basketball for CBS. He would do the podcast with Parrish and Orlander, and now he works for the Athletic. He's their NBA draft guy, and this man, I mean, he watches more basketball than I, I thought I used to when I was doing the job, like watch an insane amount. He It's like 24 hours a day. And he'll go back and watch old college games. He's critiquing. He's got analysis of like every player who's even draft eligible. And he has watched, God love him, more Louisville than probably anybody who's not a Louisville fan should have this year. And he does a podcast called Game Theory. And it's NBA-based. Like It's mostly NBA. There's a little college talk when they get into the draft. But they have a segment called Tank Watch, where they talk about teams that are just obviously tanking to try to get a better draft pick. And you know your your college team's doing well when they're featured on an NBA podcast in the Tank Watch section. So they talked about Louisville extensively. Um, I'll get into what they said before this. They do know we don't get draft picks, right? <laughs> I mean, I think Sam was just like, I need an excuse to talk about how bad this team is. It's on, so uh, the whole segment, if you're, if you're interested, it starts at about the 15-minute mark of the Game Theory podcast. But this is how... This is how Sam ended the podcast. And this, again, this is a man who's he's very level-headed. He's, he's well-measured. He's not a, a radio hot-take guy who's just saying things to get attention. This is He wouldn't just say something like this to say it, but this is how he ended the segment. This is a disaster. Like, this is... I, I've kind of seen enough from this to where if they go, like, 2-30 and 30 or whatever they're on pace to go... I'm good with them deciding Kenny Payne is not the guy like that's, that would be okay to me. That, that is, I am typically never in favor of a team firing a guy after one season. I think that in college you need to get time to build a program, but like, I just haven't seen anything that makes me think that there is like scheme coherence there that will work. And again, like Sam, like he says, he's tweeted about this after I put the clip out there. He's like, I don't want to say this. Like, I, I, I'm never this guy. But and he talked about this in depth for the 10 minutes before he made that statement, talking about like this team. I've never seen these are his words. I've never seen a team be this careless with the ball. I've never seen a team have the type of turnovers that they have. And he says, it seems like every time they come out on the floor, the opposing defense knows exactly what they're going to do before they do it. They're incredibly easy to defend. He actually tries to take up for the defense a little bit and says the defense isn't terrible. And he goes in on the talent, which he says, you know, obviously there, there's a deficiency at the guard position. But the talent, he's like, there's there are players here who are going to get pl- paid to play this game professionally, even if it's not in the NBA. He's like, there's no excuse for them to be this bad. There's no excuse for them not to crash the boards the way that they do. And he's like, they just look like a team that doesn't care. It has no style and has no identity. 
And, I mean, it's just – it's again, the local conversation I think is so torn because people feel an affinity for Kenny Payne, and people also, I think, want to be proven right if they were adamant that Kenny Payne was going to be the hire. Nationally, it's jarring to hear stuff like this because everybody sees the same thing, which is this is – I feel like I scream it into a void every time. This is Louisville, for Christ's sake. These, these are the Louisville Cardinals. We've had one 20-game losing, se- losing season in the history of this program, and we're talking about going 0-31, and some people are like, well, you got to build some stuff. There's no—again, I hope that I'm wrong. I hope we can win 10 games this season, show s- significant signs of improvement, be NCAA tournament good next year, be back to being Louisville good in, three, in two, three years. But right now, there's just nothing out there that excuses what we've seen through the first nine games. It, it is beyond. I mean, Sam, Sam's words perfect. It is a disaster. No, he, no everything he said was one hundred percent true. I mean, I mean, uh, now whether you know Kenny Payne can return or not, d- depending on how this disaster season finishes, is I think more up to him than anything. I mean, I could see him. Like I said, if he's not coming, if, if Kenny Payne is some some reason not Louisville's coach again next year, it's because Kenny Payne doesn't want to go through this again next I year. I could probably right. Um, I don't I think now year three, well, 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 it's a horse of a different color. We'll talk about that later. But if it's 0 and 31, though, <laughs> yeah. then I think it, it has to change things. I mean, but the thing is, it's also just got also keeping out how the season goes. Like you saw last year where the, the players, you know, you almost had a revolt and you had the, you know, Mal- you know Malik and, and, and Notre Dame press conference just, just going all off. And, and this team, I mean, they're, 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 they're keeping a strong front to a degree right now, but. I mean, he's right. I mean, this team, I'm not going to say like this team is, yeah, you're right. I mean, I've been saying this for now two weeks or three weeks or whatever, how long the season's going on. I mean, is it the most talented team? No. I mean, is it a team that's the talent level probably is, you know, a 10, 12, 13 win season? Probably. I mean, well, co- especially if you can, a good coach gets, can get the most out of it. You may, maybe 14 or 15 wins, but they're not even close to that right now. No, you, and it's, it's and, and at this point you you I mean, you can only blame you know I, I my, my my favorite going tos that you know I do all the time you know bad craftsman blames his tools you only do that so long I mean right now I mean you should at least see some progress in some spurts and the best thing we have going all year is like a ten minute run in the first half against Cincinnati they got spoiled by a half court shot. And killed our momentum. A bad Cincinnati team. A bad Cincinnati team. Exactly. And a bad Cincinnati team. I mean, this is... It's, it's frustrating because a lot of things is also just... It's just fundamental plays that they just screw up. Real quick, before we go to break here, I know we're, we're coming up on the top of the hour. You make a good point, and I want to talk next hour about Kenny Payne today, talk to the media, and specifically some of the things that he said. But as far as... This is as bad as we've ever seen when it comes to on-court results with the Louisville basketball season. The team seems like it doesn't seem to care a lot. They don't seem to have much of an identity. And yet we haven't like, – there's no player tweeting passive-aggressive stuff. There's no player out there liking negative tweets. There's no – nobody's entered the transfer portal. There's no talk no, – nobody's dad is, I, is DMing me about fights going on after the games. In fact, today you know, there was a video that kind of went viral after the last game of pain – talking with L. Ellis and kind of seeming to, like, smile and laugh it up on the bench when Louisville's getting its ass kicked by a bad Florida State team. And, look, there are a million problems with this team right now. That's very, very low on my list. I thought that was a little bit overblown. I don't I don't care that much about it. There's different strokes. And Ellis got – both of them got asked about it today, but L. Ellis got asked about it, and he was like, you know, that's just his style. And he definitively said, 
I trust KP. Like, like uh, you know, somebody asked him about just all the losing. Does it make you kind of doubt what Kenny Payne's trying to do as far as like establishing a culture, establishing an identity? And he says, you know, I, I, I trust KP. So if nothing else, I mean, personally, Ellis should KP. He's letting him out there, just gun it and do what he wants. And maybe I mean. that's that's part of it. Who knows? But the fact that like some guys that aren't, I mean, last year when some guys weren't playing for for Chris Mack when they weren't getting the minutes that they thought. They made it very apparent they were upset about that. Yeah. And and some guys have bad body language, I guess. But the fact that they all seem to at least be together behind closed doors, and, or at least if they're not, and maybe, who knows, maybe after the season they'll unleash the stuff. It'll be like Scott Satterfield leaving where everybody's like, <laughs> now that he's gone, let me tell you what I really think. But as of right now, they don't have the dysfunction that plagued them throughout last season. And that's at least something to be said for if you're choosing to if you're wanting to believe that Kenny Payne can still be the guy long term and you're looking for reasons to maintain that faith. That's a good one. But as far as the on-court product is concerned, as Sam lays out in the, in the whole thing, it's indefensible how, how yeah. bad they are. I mean, listen, I, I, I've said I think I, I like Brandon Huntley. I don't think he can be. I, I don't. It, it baffles me why he's not getting more shots and more touches. I mean, he just. It, just give it. He's got the, one of the better upsides on this team. He's got a nice little game offensively. Just let, what's what the hell? Let, let just let let him sling it a few extra times if you have to. What's the worst you're gonna lose? You lose by twenty two instead of thirty. I mean, God yeah. forbid. I mean, and yeah, I feel bad for especially a guy like Withers who, like you said, went through all this last year. I mean, Trey J. Well, trainers at least getting some playing time now, but to a degree. But I mean, these are guys that you know stuck around. All right, we gotta go to break. Uh, when we come back, a little bit more. I want to talk Maybe about Kenny Payne's it. press conference <laughs> in the second hour. What he said today, getting ready for the Western Kentucky game, and then we'll turn our attention to the Thornton's text line. The Mike Rutherford Show continues next here on fourteen fifty and ninety six one. The Big X. Here the Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Little hoops talk continuing in the second hour. We talked um, about Sam Vecini's podcast there, Game Theory. His reaction to watching Louisville play basketball this season, which is... I mean, if, if he was a comedian, he'd just, he would just like look over at the camera and then just put his head in a, to- in a, in a trash can. Yeah, I mean, and just start. I mean, that's kind of how I felt watching in some of these games a little bit. Now, Kenny Payne did talk to the media today. He talked a little bit about Western Kentucky, and do we have a do we have a clip? I can send you a clip. Um, I'll send you this because the the answers today. I'm more worried about is he's going to say the same thing I've been hearing every press conference. Pretty much, uh, is, I mean, is, it's is, getting very repetitive at this point. There's a lot of repetitive stuff. Um, I mean, he does kind of do the whole thing about you know. Guys were hurt. A lot of it happened before I got here and you know, all this stuff. Um, in what fact, play the clip that I just sent you. This is, is Kenny Payne uh, kind of talking about the issues right now. Do they still have faith in the culture that he's trying to instill, um, how things got back here? 
Uh, here's Payne talking today to the media at his weekly press conference. A little bit of everybody, to be honest with you. Um, the one good thing that I feel about this whole situation is that I know it's going to get fixed. Um, I feel more bad about the kids because they deserve to have some success, um, but you got to earn it. So for me, I try to take myself out of the equation. Uh, I try to do whatever I have to do to help them understand and not look I've never lost this much you know so it's it's hard um, but at the flip side of that it's a part of the process it's just the reality of it it's a part of the process some of this was done before I walked in the doors um, and I have to look at it and not to blame anybody find a way to fix it to get the kids to think different, to get the kids to believe that they can win. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. And that's what we are going to do. Last I checked, they knew how to win more last year than they did this year. It's That's kind of my thing here. I mean, I, 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 and this would all be a lot. Don't get me wrong. 0-9 under any circumstances would be, would be, I think, difficult to swallow, and I don't think it should be acceptable. Again, like if this program were on the death penalty right now and we were playing a bunch of walk-ons and we were just kind of going, I still think going 0-9 against the schedule would be, you'd be like, they should have won at least. No, it's game. ridiculous. I brought up the Indiana team, you know, from a few years ago. And I'm, I'm, about to do, I'm about to do the same thing yeah, again. Yeah, that team was they less keep, talented. He keeps talking about, you know, some of the stuff has happened before I got here. You know, they're, they're, still, they're trying. All of that rhetoric, that line, it would be a lot easier to swallow if we saw the effort on the floor, right? Like the, the, yeah. this, whole, this whole thing about their wounded kids, we're trying to do something here. This is a, a process. We're trying to fix it. Like I can buy it to an extent, and it's why I said I'm not going to judge. I mean, I said this all all summer. I'm not going to judge Kenny Payne too harshly on this first season. The talent level is not where it's going to be moving forward. You hope he can kill it on the recruiting trail. This roster is not great. Some of that is his fault, but I don't want to judge his co- coaching acumen too much based on a roster that is not up to Louisville standards. Nobody thought it was going to look like this, where you're 0-9, you can't beat the mid-low major teams on your schedule, and you're getting blown out literally every game against a Power 5 conference opponent in Cincinnati. The fact that he says that, it's the way that it looks that I think is driving most Louisville fans crazy. It's the, I mean, Sam Vecini talks about you know, them not having any sort of like identity. It doesn't look like they have any sort of cohesive, like they're not doing anything on offense that, that resembles a solid scheme. And if there is one, they certainly don't know how to execute it. No. Like, and, and that's not gotten better. The, the execution has not gotten better. The turnover problem has remained consistent. And they just don't play hard enough. I don't know how else to say it. And, and people are like, you know, I'm getting tweets from somebody like, you're, you're being too negative. They don't play hard you, enough. You they get how- outworked every time out on the floor. And at some point, this whole rebuilding coach, culture thing, and these are wounded kids, we're trying to love them up, we're trying to get them better – You've got to show some signs of progress, at yeah. least when it comes to effort. If they if they were playing, if they were playing their asses off every time out there on the floor, and they were zero and nine, people would be pissed. But it would be more acceptable than it is right now. They don't play hard. Yeah, if you had if you had a game more, maybe two 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 or three games. This gets better competition, like you had where Louisville falls short with the LLS layup at the buzzer. Like then you're, I mean, then you're showing, like you said, you're showing progress in some way. Now, do you don't think they're playing hard on both offense and defense? Because, or you just don't think just hustling in general? I mean, they don't look like... I no. Mean, 
They get beat for every loose ball. Yeah. They don't run down the floor after they make turnovers. They still have no idea how to defend a high ball screen. No. They, they don't rush back when they're out of position. They don't do anything full speed. No, I mean, in most of a lot of it's, I think, you know, just, just don't know what to do, like mentally. I mean, like defensively, defense is, you know, hustling and, and, and paying attention, and they don't do either one, really. And offensively, I guess I, I've asked, I, I begged this before the Florida State game to slow down this offense because. I mean, in a half court, they they, they play. They, he wants them to play fast, and they they don't know what to do. I mean, they no. just they, they they completely lost. I mean, I, I mentioned in the ending game. Here's another thing: you were talking about like like the we're building the culture and yada yada yada. Scott Drew took over Baylor, a team who just was completely wiped out. We 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 don't need to get into all the stuff that went on in Baylor when he took over. How did guy kill a guy? Yeah, coach <laughs> tried to cover it up. <laughs> the worst possible situation you could walk Every into. Every player on that team, that was when it first started being like, you can go wherever you want and you don't even have to, you can go in conference. They had Lawrence Roberts left and was like a player of the yeah, year. Even the NCAA was like, we've never seen anything like this. Yeah. Do whatever you want. Play, I, for, play for 10 years at Duke if you want to. This is bad. We're sorry. Lost talent after, and we saw that talent. Some of those, like I said, Lawrence Roberts, a C player of the year that year. Right after he left. There was another guy on that team that left that was really good somewhere. I'm drawing a blank. But no, no, the point is, is that that team went eight and twenty-one and three and thirteen in conference. Yeah, they swept A and M that year. There was a decent A and M team. Competitive enough. I mean, you last year's team was bad. There's but there's bad like beating each other up in the locker room for a Chick Fil A sandwich, and there's bad like killing your teammates and covering it up. Here's the other thing about that too: is Baylor had had next to no history. In basketball, no, no zero, no fan base. The fans didn't care if they were bad. Do you, do you know what I knew he Baylor for in basketball was before, the, before Scott Drew got there? What? Microwave Vinny Johnson. Sure, that's I mean, all I knew. That's I knew. That's what I knew him for. He goes into a program where not only have they always been bad, not only are they coming off of a situation where again a player killed a teammate, and the coaching staff tried to make it look like something it wasn't. Tried it was to a act drug deal gone bad or something too. Yeah, Ridic- to cover up the fact that they were paying for this kid's apartment. They were like, he's a drug dealer, and that's why he got killed. Like, <laughs> like the worst situation imaginable. Yeah, you can't really. And he goes in there, and he still has more success in those first couple of years than we're seeing right now. He I know started that, out three and two. I know that we have. There are excuses for us not being NCAA tournament good. There yeah. are excuses for us Weird. not certainly not being. Yeah, Louisville good. Winning record good. But there's no excuse for what we're seeing right now. No. And I'm not even saying that I guarantee it's going to be this bad forever. Maybe this is all just like like the roster, just these kids are irreparably damaged. And no. the thing is, like, also— At this point, it's you, you, the coach has to completely put—he needs to put it all on himself. People keep mentioning this. There are only six players back from last year's team. Like, like it's, not, it's not like this entire team went through all this last year. You have a lot of newcomers who should be contributing more than they are right now mm-hmm. and guys who stayed who, who were playing better last year under these terrible circumstances than they are right now. It just—there like, there are, there are red flags everywhere. Mm-hmm. And if you're not at least acknowledging them right now, you may not even believe them. You, you may say— I see this. It looks bad. I think it's going to get turned around, though, because I just I have faith in Kenny Payne. I love the way that he carries himself. I loved him as a player. He's got connections. We're going to start getting players at some point. Like This is going to happen. But if you don't at least acknowledge the fact that there are certainly loads of pieces of evidence that say this should not be this bad, and it might never get to the point where it's as good as we all want it to be, as we all hope it's going to be. You have to at least acknowledge that at this point. I mean, you can. I mean, if you, if you, can, if you like the way he handles himself, he thinks it's a fun interview. 
That's great. I mean, he seems but, like an awesome guy. Yeah, I'm sure he is. But I mean, it's it's not some personal, Kenny. It's just business, buddy. I mean, it's just, it, 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 you know, if you want to hang out and and, and, and swap stories and, and and maybe play a little Madden, hey, you're more welcome, come over, dude. I'm just hoping I'll to the dogs. But you know, when it comes to this team, I mean, if you you have to see it. I think he has to see it. And if he doesn't see it, or he doesn't care, I don't know. But I mean. First of all, I'm just I don't I don't want to hear one more time about how the, these kids just don't have experience. They're not listening to me. You got to make them listen. Yeah, I'm ready, I mean, do I'm ready for that to be over. I mean, do something. I, I mean, like I said, I think it was what was the, um, the 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 Miami game where I mean we the first possession nobody you see a little bit of movement in the offense and then but Ellis just dribbles around and just takes like a thirty foot shot to start the game. And I mean, right away I'm like, if I'm take take him out right now. You call. I don't care if you call a timeout. You've got to establish. And he's your only guard. So I don't give a bleep. I think most fans are okay at this point with because look, you've got you've got to establish going something to accomplish anything wins loss wise. I think most of the fan base is fine with like if you just play walk ons that are going to play really hard for forty minutes, just do it. Like just yes, we just want to see effort at this point. I don't care if Hersey Miller is not talented. Play him. Play him. He you know what? Hard. Love of God. I want to see Zam Payne out there maybe. He's, he plays hard. He he tries. He, he he is he the most talented kid? God no. He clearly got most of the genes from mom. But I mean, he's just. But he's not. But he gives, he gives effort. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't care about. I mean, it can't get more embarrassing than it is right now. I know technically, I guess they could lose every game by sixty, and that may happen at some point. But <laughs> just play the kids that act like they want to be there. That act like they care about this at all. Because a lot of the players out there right now just seem to be going through the motions. Like I said, like every game that you watch has this feel of a high school game where one team is – like both teams go in knowing it's going to be a blowout. This is like the number two team in the state. This is the worst team in the district. It's, you know, a bad Atherton team versus a great male team. And the game starts, and it goes the way that you expect it to. Mel races out to lead. And neither bench shows any emotion because they all knew this was going to happen to begin with. That's every Louisville game. That's how it feels. And I don't know. Like, none of us have ever experienced this in our lives. It, it's, it's Louisville basketball. Not this frustrating level, no. When you, I mean, we've had bad teams before, but those, I mean, it was like, like last year we said it's never going to be this bad again. And that team won 13 games. That team would beat this team by 35. Oh, yeah. Matt Cross would, be, would, would look like the, the, the star that we all thought he would be. And some of these guys would be the same players. Like, like last, there'd be some guys on this team who'd be getting lit up by their 12 months ago self. And that is a depressing thing to say. And and, and I hate to, to be the guy to beat the horse to death here with this, but I'm just, it also irritates me when you just, I, I know what Kenny Payne, like, you can, you can see, like, what he wants to do as a head coach, and that's great. But this team is not ready for what he wants. He wants to play, like, like, like Cal plays. You want to go. You want to play inside outside offense, and I love that. But he wants to do it with more guards penetrating and kicking out, and we don't have that. What we do have is good size, even across the line, whether it be at the four or five or the three or the two. I mean, there, there, there was a game in the Miami game alone. I'm sitting there going, Mike James is two inches taller than the guy guarding him. Do something where you get him on the block. Try to, I mean, make him double team him. I mean, do get the ball to more Brandon on the, on the block if, if Curry doesn't want to try. And then, of course, you know, they do try to run plays with them, and then you've got, you know, the the spacing by Louisville is just, just putrid. And that and that and that's coaching. That, that's where you got to – I mean, you can call timeout. You can tell me, hey, I'm calling timeout. I'm telling the kids this. 
I'll never forget. I don't know if I've told this story on this air on this show before, but coaching a little league team, I remember I called a timeout and I, I ran up a play. I thought it was a good play. I thought it was a good play. Kid goes out there. His name was Mark. I won't throw his last name under the bus. And he just does not doesn't go anywhere near what I asked him to do. Quarter comes in, and he come out. I said, what are you doing? He said, Coach, I forgot. I was like, hey, you forgot? I was like, it's a long way from the huddle to the floor, Coach. And I'm like, okay. I mean, that's, that's uh, I had tried not to laugh at it, but it's, I mean, that's kind of, I feel like, I mean, maybe that's the situation Kenny's in, but, I mean, you can't, you, you, but it, you still got to take the blame for it because it didn't take no kid out. Yeah, it's, it's I just it's I I'm just kidding. You're getting me aggravated, dude. Everybody, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> impossible not to be. And I mean, I like Jan just tweeted to me. I've been a follower and a listener of yours for years. I'm still a fan. I stopped listening when basketball started. I tried to come back when Brahm was hired. I listened for one hour today and turned you off for good. Try some positivity, Mike. What? <laughs> if I'm going, to, we didn't lose because of me. <laughs> if I'm going to talk about a team that is off to the worst start in the history of Power Conference basketball. Cal win? No, but Cal's, okay. Cal's competitive against power conference teams. That's they, true. They haven't been beaten by more than 15 by any power five team. We've not come closer than 15 against our any power five team. And Cal, <laughs> again, everybody <laughs> says this in, in the – Cal plays hard. They yeah, I know. try. They, they're just terrible. We are terrible and we don't try. If you want me to talk positively about that, like the, the only thing I can say is, is nothing. We're nine games into a season. It's almost over already. It is. Over. I mean, it's. I mean, let's be real. Like, there's nothing to look forward to for the next three months, at least as of right now. Now, if they come out tomorrow and all of a sudden they're playing their asses off and they're playing really hard and they look like they're they're somewhat cohesive on offense and they beat a an average Western Kentucky team, then it's like okay, you know, we, I, I'm, I'm get, curious to see if they can get to seven, eight, nine wins. You know, how good can, can they be? More competitive in ACC? Can we see some progress? Because right now, through nine games, we're seeing none. Like I'm, all we can do is talk about what we're seeing. And what we're seeing is as bad as it has ever been since any of us have been alive when it comes to this basketball program. I mean, we, can we play 40 minutes hard? It hasn't happened yet. No, not even close. I mean, I, the only – I mean, the, the best is is the what – was, what was one of the lower-level teams we played? And, and we, I think I've been very positive about football this week since Jeff Brom's been hired. He should be positive. Why exactly. Not? If you're listening for positivity on Brom, yeah. We'll give you that. I mean, I've been beyond positive. I let positive back like on last Tuesday. Trevor I'm... danced in a COVID haze twice <laughs> yeah, last week. Yeah, I mean, what, what, do you, what more do you want? I from mean, us? Do you want me like break? I mean, I'm gonna eat a freaking salad for God's sake. I've been trying to avoid basketball talk <laughs> for the good of the listeners for the past week and a half. <laughs> I'm doing everything I can. This is the most I can give you. I mean, I had to get a little bit of that last week just because I felt like this this bile like oozing in my body, and I had to release it to just to talk about it briefly, but. Yeah, I just, I, I the, the best, the best stretch we've had against non power five against power five conferences is like a six minute run in the first half against Cincinnati. Yeah, I mean, that's we, it. That, 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 we that, played okay in the first half against um, in the opener against Arkansas. Like they, they played hard, they played well, and then they come out in the second half, they got punched in the mouth, and then they just quit. Like that was it. Yeah. And besides that, they haven't really, they haven't done anything. Now, let me ask you this question: We did this a lot with football, and you and I are both on the same page. We don't think that there's any real way, I don't think, I mean, it could be wrong, that Kenny Payne gets fired this season for just on-court stuff. The only way, and you said this and I agree with you, the way that, that we don't have Kenny Payne next season is if he just says, this isn't for me, I didn't yeah. want this job to begin with, this is why would, I, why would I take this on? I can be a lifelong assistant and get paid handsomely, live a good life, not be scrutinized. This, this was a mistake. I'm out of here. What would it take for you to be in favor 
of him not getting a second year, though? I mean, is, is there a number? Do you just want to see more effort? Like, because if this, I'll say this before I let you answer. If this continues, not just the losing, but the looking completely inept, not looking like we care, getting outworked in every single game for an entire year, then, like, and I'm like Sam, like, I would never thought I'd be an advocate of this, but if, if we do go, like, 1-30 and or 2-29, and and it's mostly because we just don't care and we don't seem to have it, and, and it's not getting any better in recruiting, I mean, because we know 2023 is basically done. We're not going to get any recruits, big-time recruits in that class, and, and transfer portal doesn't go well and there's no real tangible piece of evidence that says it's going to get better, then, yeah, like, I, I, I hate to say it, but, like, I would not be, like, Josh, don't do this. Like, you've got to give him a, a second year. It's got it's got to get better at some point in the three months ahead for anybody to have any faith moving forward. I mean, this team's winning two three games, and like that just, God it knows, just I, I don't even know where, where those those three wins are going to be. Um, I mean, maybe maybe Western tomorrow, Linscombe and A and M. I mean, maybe Georgia Tech somehow. I don't are you calling a three game winning streak right now? <laughs> no, God no. I think we can win two in a row. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I, I honestly, I don't. I'm I I I'm I'm now I'm like like us winning multiple games, let alone one game, is like the Loch Ness monster. Me, like I want to. I'm not going to believe this team, this stuff until I see it. It's fair. I mean, I I. But I'm saying right now, we're beating Florida. Now. Okay. We're we're winning that game. I refuse to get knocked off that perch. <laughs> if we do lose, I won't predict another victory. I won't predict another point spread cover the rest of the season. I swear to God. But we're winning that game, and until I'm proven wrong on that front, I. I'm standing firm. CJ, there's your positivity right there. You're welcome, Jan. That's the, that's the most. <laughs> Turn the show back on. Listen to the podcast, Jan. 425. Mark it down. Tan everywhere. Jan everywhere. Uh, Tan <laughs> everywhere. Jan everywhere. That's what she said. He wrote that in there. <laughs> uh, I distracted myself. Uh, I mean, it was I, a welcome distraction. And, and here's the thing. I was trying to be, I think. Early in the season, I was the more positive between the two of us. You were, for sure. Because I was trying to, like, you know, let's, you know, let's let the cake bake or, you know, whatever you, other cliches you want to use. And I even came back with defense of, hey, you can't tell me we haven't improved every game because whether. You did say that. It, now, it, it, it wasn't it, the whole thing that where people were like, we could have beaten Lenore Ryan if we wanted in to. Fair- we just didn't try. And I was like, I don't know. In fairness, I, I, we both, I admitted to agree that we, the improvement each game was very minor in, in, in its own right. And but I thought we had, but that was up until we got to Maui, and I'm like, Maui's I, bad. It's done. I mean, this team they look like they just had no business being in that gym, let alone with Chaminade or or Arkansas. Well, look, we beat Chaminade. <sighs> I'm not gonna stand for that play. Not there. They probably have beaten us there. Maybe. Tyus tried to say that he's like he's like Chaminade. If they were there, it's like good thing Louisville didn't play. I'm like, oh, we played Chaminade. Don't don't come to me with that. That's the one thing that you cannot say because it's the one thing that we beat. Do we? I mean, do you, if you, can if we you, blame this on the travel? People talk about when they go back for like people are like Creighton's not shooting well since Maui. That travels a it's a bear on these kids. I'm choosing to blame. It's been it's been all like what three weeks now. Are you saying that's how, are you saying the travel's how we beat Chaminade? No, the travels why, oh, why, why the travels why we're playing so bad right now. Oh, I thought the travel. I thought you were saying because someone had to travel across the country, so we got to no. win. Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But for us, the kids are jet lagged, Trev. They're tired from the Maui still? trip. They're, they're still tired. I mean. Having too much fun on that boat, from what I hear. Uh, what, what's the, what, what's the, the collective value going to be of a ticket stuff for that Chaminade game if that's the only win of the season? Oh, it's like a, it's like a piece of memorabilia? A memorabilia, like a, team, a little team that, that didn't win a game all year except for one exhibition game. <laughs> 
Here's your ticket stub and your, your your program. It'd be the worst thing that's ever happened to Shaman, I mean, like, including <laughs> getting knocked out of their own tournament every other year. <laughs> How's Shaman not doing right now, by the way? Probably still better than us. There's no way they're above 500. I, you know how I know they're doing better than us? Because they live in Hawaii, no matter what their record is. Shamanad is three and five. <laughs> they did better than us. <laughs> they just lost to Holy Names, 92 to 91. Holy Names. How's that a school? Oh, that's the name of the school? They before I thought that, you were going to say like Holy Names like they lost to Oral Roberts or something or Holy Names. Before that, they just lost <laughs> to the Academy of Art. <laughs> Not even a specific name. Not even like the Anderson School of Art. So who's on their schedule? Some on their schedule is Holy Names. Holy Names in the Academy of Art. The Academy Both of just Art. Beat them. <laughs> Academy of Art. What's that mascot? Was, it better be a paintbrush. I was thinking the same thing, yeah. I mean, imagine having... The, What's the Holy Names mascot? Imagine having like the gall to just call yourself the Academy of Art. Like, we're, we're the only one. Nobody else does art. AOA. Besides the Academy of Art. That's us. What's their mascot? I'm trying to find out. <laughs> Are we sure it's a real school? They're trying to hide it. They're the Urban Knights. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that if that if I don't know if that checks out. The Academy of Art Urban the Knights. The Academy of when I think Academy of Art, I don't necessarily think Urban Knights. What's the difference between an urban and a rural knight? <laughs> Does the rural knight ride a horse and the urban rides like a moped? I don't know if I want to go down this road. <laughs> did we, did we, can we figure out what Holy Names' mascot is too? Holy Name. I mean, <laughs> I mean, how are these real schools and yet they're beating Shamanon? Hey, we beat Shamanon. They are Holy Names University. They're the Hawks. Okay. Holy Names Hawks. Because I think of Holy Names. They I just checked it. out. They're like alliteration. Make it happen. Whatever. Little Hawks. <laughs> the, the, the generator. On the little gener- mascot generator button. The holy name, St. Bernard of Clairvaux. <laughs> Make that happen. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get to the text Can we line. schedule one of these two teams? Sure. I don't know if I want any part of Academy of Art. What if we... <laughs> if they're hanging 92 on Chaminade... They hung 92 on them? Yeah. What did we score, like 48? No, we scored 80. Oh, did we? I can't remember. Oh, Chaminade's not playing at any defense. That doesn't matter. Do you think it's going to stop us from stop us from scoring? They gave up 118 <laughs> points to the number seven team in D two a few a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, yeah, we 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 scored 80. Ohio State scored 101. Cincinnati scored 98. We still, of course, were last on the list. Well, yeah, I mean the other two teams beat them by 45 plus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we still won. Damn it, that's the point. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get to the Thornton sex line. Before we do, reminding you. But our guys over at AirServe, if you have heating problems this winter, only one place in the city to go, it's AirServe. Call them any hour, any day at 502-264-9662. Over at AirServe, they are focused on air quality and energy efficiency. They're going to make sure that you're comfortable and breathing the highest quality air in your home. And again, if that heating goes out at 1 a.m., you got small kids in the house, you've got to get the heat back on to sleep safely through the night. AirServe has you covered. They have technicians available 24-7. Just call them directly at 502 502- Two six four nine six six two. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll D- take D- your D- text. thinks art. The, the, the school's named after Art Carmody. Carmody. They should be the Carmodys. <laughs> Automatic University. Maybe, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not the art we're thinking of. God, it's Art Donovan. I'd love it. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton sex line. We'll take some thoughts from you coming up after the break. Keep it locked right here on fourteen fifty the Big X.
I love it. You're unbelievable. There was my parents still have to have this somewhere, and if we got if I could convert it into like new tape, it would one of, it'd be one of those things that would go viral. I made like a fake '90s baseball commercial where I'm like, I'm like singing the song, and I'm like being the players. There was a real commercial where it was like they had like Barry Bonds hitting a home run, and it was like to this song, and I'm sitting here like talking about what's going on. I'm like Bonds, you're unbelievable, boo! <laughs> it's like just a classic like nerdy white kid. It was in early, the '90s. Was that early Bonds, not uh, San Francisco days, probably. Yeah, it was like it was a commercial because I remember Maddox was on the commercial too, and I'm like Maddox, I'm like throwing the ball. I'm like if we could find this, it would just it would be everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Classic, just uh, just nineties. But I, that the song used to always get me hyped. It should get you hyped. It's a cool song. It's a great song. Yeah, go nineties. Who sings it? No idea. EMF. EMF. You're unbelievable. Five one two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton sex line. We've been talking. Unfortunately, some cardinal hoops here. Not um, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. Uh, Texas says, can we get Bishop Sycamore on our basketball schedule for this year? <laughs> The fake football team. We could take. Oh, it. So I was wondering that. I was like, that team sounds familiar, but I couldn't. It was the it. fake team that went viral last year after they played IMG Academy on national TV and lost like eighty three. Oh, nothing. that was And it turned out they had like twenty one year old kids that never played football on their team. The it, guy it wasn't play, a real school. I'm playing the first round of fantasy football in one of my leagues, and I'm playing against it's this team named Bishop Sycamore. Now I get it. <laughs> I didn't know what the reference like. I forgot about the name of the team. Texture says the key to being positive on the show is just to give all volleyball the coverage that basketball would normally get in depth analysis on our offensive system, recruiting, transfer portal. Speaking of which, when is DBK coming on? She's hey, I can break down that. I can break down the offense. Volleyball. volleyball. Yeah. Spike it. The spiker. You got the, you got the setter upper. You got the, the alley oop girl. You've got Obero. the, you've got the, uh, the defensive blockers. I still wish I could say. I feel like I could describe the how the scoring works in roller derby easier than I could. Maybe I just wish I could remember the term that you tried to use with Jetta. Oh, <laughs> like, what position was I talking? You were about? trying to describe the setter. And that's that's the that's the assist girl, right? The yes. one knocks it up. And yeah. the, the word that you used though, she was like, she just like was on the floor. She was like, I've never heard that used for volleyball. I can't remember what it was. was Alley Hooper. Like, it was something like that, but it wasn't wasn't exactly that. I was like, Trav, oh, this is going poorly. <laughs> it can't be that bad. We that, should check in on her with Wilson. Uh, what's her her, her 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 favorite player left the Cubs, didn't he? Yes. Yeah, Sound with the Cardinals. I, I saw. I think she was upset about it on one of the social media channels. I'm sure she was. But she's a volleyball uh, expert. She's a volleyball coach. I'm sure she's pumped. We should have her on. Maybe she could talk yeah. about the volleyball team. Uh, Texter says, "You're not being negative. Just true uh, analyzing of the state of the team." The transfer portal recruiting class for 2023 and now on-court product has all been unimaginably bad. I hope he makes the right decision to step away at the end of the year. I'm afraid he'll be making a personal financial decision to stay on for the highest salary he'll ever make and buy out for eventual firing. The only potential hope left is class of 2024 Carter Knox decision. If and when he commits somewhere else, that'll be the last glimmer of hope gone. Well, I think the last glimmer of hope now at this point, because it's a fair point. Like, If this team were this bad, but we had, let's just say it, if we had like DJ Wagner and AJ Johnson and Aaron Bradshaw all coming in, like three five stars in a top five class, I think we could all be like, this sucks, but maybe when the talent gets better, we can just overhaul the roster, get some big transfers in here, and we have a chance to be good next year. And if he sucks with that roster, then we know beyond the shadow of a doubt, like this just isn't going to work. But we don't have that right now. Like we, he did not do much with the 2023 class, which is now pretty much entirely spoken for. And there's just one point. There's only one road to relevance for next year, unless some kids just 
flip on their commitments at some point in the next uh, in the next couple of months, and that's killing in the transfer portal. And we had a chance to do that last year, or at least be okay in the transfer portal. And we swung and missed a, a bunch of times and, and made some bad decisions there and got next to nothing. So there's not a whole lot of confidence there. And that, I think that's the biggest problem right now is people are just looking for one area where they can grab onto some hope, whether it's the team just playing hard, the team winning some games, the, the 2023 class waiting in the wings, feeling like we can kill to the transfer portal. And there's nothing. There's nothing to hold on to right now outside of just blind faith, which if you have, God love you, outside of just trusting KP, We've got nothing to go on right now. Uh, I mean, I, I, the little positives I, I've, I've, I've grasped onto, or you know, or at least trying to make me feel is that this team is, you know, you can mock me all you want you have before, but this still is a young team. I mean, so there is some room for growth. And when I say that, I look mostly at guys like BHH and Mike James, two guys I think can be better contributors as they get, you know, more playing time, you know, get more in-game experience, which they both have, I mean, almost zero of coming into this year. So, I mean, but, I mean, that's... I mean, Hamill I mean, did play every game last year for Tennessee. I, yeah, and he, but he, not at the, not at the level, I'm going to say level. Wait, 20 but minutes a game. Not needing, not asking, we're not, they didn't ask from him last year anything close to what we, we need to ask from him this no, year. No, but I'm just saying he didn't have, you said next to no experience. I, okay. I, I pushed back on okay. that. I, okay. I mean, James definitely. He didn't play at all. Can't. Exactly. But he's still, he's also a 17 year old kid playing last year. And, and he's 18. Was he 18? He's 18 he's now. He's 19 right? now. 19, 19 now. Okay. He's still young. Nonetheless. Uh, I mean, there's still clearly a raw player in there that I think has talent. And can be good now. Whether he wants to stick around long enough for it, or, I think that's the question. He said he only wants to be here one year. Yeah, that's if that's the case, and then, then you know that's no. Because this is, I, I see a player who would be a possible first round pick after his junior year, maybe, but not anything close to it right now. And if he is wants to do that level, he came to the wrong school because he's not getting the coaching to do it properly. I mean, and, I mean, with with guys like Withers, who I like to you know, but. I mean, I just I see him. I see Acid with about Ellis coming in last year. I mean, we've seen his ceiling. I don't think he's really gonna, you know, other than maybe hopefully adding some consistency. I think he is kind of what he is, which isn't bad. He's. I'll say it again. But and I, people not, get mad at me for this. I know he he would hate to hear me say, it. what he is is not a point guard. He's no, not, and he's not. He needs somebody. We needed to get a point. He's guard. He's a backup shooting guard on a good team, by the way. We needed to get a best. point guard to allow him to do what he's does best which is play off the ball we didn't do that not only do we have that we don't have a capable shooting guard next that can take any of the ball handling capabilities away from him and so what you have is a turnover machine on a team loaded with turnover machines which i mean that's the case and you you can you you, if you use miller and and fabio more at the point you've got to slow it down offensively though and 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 kind of play at a better pace to where you can not hopefully turn the ball over as much a lot of our turnovers are, are when we're trying to play fast well, and also, I mean, just when we're like trying to like, oh hand, no, don't get me wrong, the ball off in the half court. <laughs> oh yeah, or pat, you throw the ball off. Of, There's of a no screener. one area where this team turns no. the ball over more than I, any other. You're right. I mean, I've, I've watched. I mean, how many times do I see Mike James dribble the ball off his foot? Everybody does it. I mean, they all do. Listen, I, I like. I guess that I, I sit here and praise James to a degree in terms of the progress I like to see him have, but I also see that this is a guy that doesn't need to be having the ball in his hands in terms of creating for his own shot. I think Mike James is a positive, though. I'm with you on that. I mean, he can be a good player. I think he's more of a scoring out of the the offense working for him and, and way, you know, getting it on 
on a catch and shoot, or maybe, like I said, I'd love to see him maybe use him on the block a little more in certain matchups. Same with Withers as well. If he's going to play the three, he's probably going to have a decent size advantage in a lot of matchups in some in some places, including the next three games. So I, but I mean, yeah, I just, but, but, I mean, I, I sit there and I watch it, and I just, it just, it just, it's frustratingly, it's frustrating, it's aggravating, and there's just not enough left-handed cigarettes to make me forget the things that are making me stay up at night and wake up in cold sweats. Texas, maybe the most damning thing with KP is there's no real defense to stand on. The few people left defending him just say patience without pointing to anything substantive. There's nothing. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I just said. Like, there's the only defense. And if you want, if this is you, like, again, I'm not going to tell you how to fan. That's fine. But the only thing that people are saying is just trust in KP. We got to be patient. It's a rebuild. And there's nothing... To, to, the on-court product certainly doesn't give you any confidence for the future. The recruiting right now doesn't give you any confidence for the future. You just have to hope that we're going to get a bunch of kids from the transfer portal and be better because of it next year. I mean, this, this I hate to say this, but at this point, like, you have to hope that the kids are the problem, that he just has a, a – again, I don't think this is the case, but if you're hoping that things are going to be markedly better next year, you kind of just have to hope that there's a bunch of crap kids. Like They don't listen well. They don't – they got bad attitudes. They they don't they're not teachable, and that's why this is so bad. And we can get rid of the the problems after the season. Keep some of the good ones if there are any good ones, and then just bring in like ten new players, and then KP can get get to being KP and kill it. I don't think that's the case at all, but you almost have to hope that if you think things are going to get better a year from now. Am I wrong? I mean, it's like that's the best case scenario as a fan. Is like we just have some I, crap kids. I feel like it's like the basketball equivalent of hope speech from Andy Dufresne right here. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it's just like <laughs> I'm stuck behind these walls for the next thirty years. I have to have hope, right? Texas, <laughs> the difference between an urban night and a rural night is a pack of Winston Reds and some truck nights. <laughs> <laughs> that's good text. That's hilarious, actually. Texas says Trevor. You know the difference between a rural and urban nights. The rural nights are, well, you know, the clan. <laughs> Texas, it seems like KP and the staff Funny. want the, to quit the team uh, and leave the team so he can just say, I told you so, just to cover his sta- and his staff's ineptitude. Also, F. Jan. Well, that's not nice to Jan. Jan just wants me to be more positive. What, he wants, what do you think? KP wants to just quit or something? I mean. Yeah, they want they want kids to quit so that they can say, told you so. They were the problem. I mean, I, I don't think I, I don't see that. I, I mean, think, I'm, I don't I, think that's. I'm happening. looking at the the clip of of, of Withers and, and else, you know, the press, and you know, I don't have. I'm not listening to it, and I haven't listened to it, but I can read the quote. And it's I mean, Ellis is attempting as best he can to stay positive. For sure, know, he is. To, you know, quote: "I know things are rough. It's rough for us too. Negativity that we see on social media. I just feel like people are just going, just got to calm down and just stick with us because we're we're still learning." I mean, I get that. I get you don't want to, the negative stuff's gonna be bothering you if you're one of these kids. And I'm not trying to be negative, too negative. I'm, 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 a temp, I'm a, I don't, we don't, I don't think. I mean, there's gonna be some that are negative no matter what. But I think the majority of the fan base doesn't want to be negative. We no. just not really. Everybody wanted this to work. And, and, and I'm sorry, but I mean, we're still learning. I mean, if they were three and six right now, <sighs> riding a six game losing streak, people would be pissed. But there, there still would be like a okay, like this, this sucks. But there's something we can look at to say this is going to get better. If they were three and six and playing hard, then I think people would be like, okay, this is not good. It has to get better sometime soon. But it wouldn't. Again, we've never ever been this bad 
I don't know if any, and there's a, a debate that any power conference team has ever been this bad. We can't come close. Florida State is was one and nine and could have beaten us by forty on Saturday. They played hard. We looked like we could not have cared less. And you hope that's not the case. And it just we look like we're not playing hard because we're that bad. But the I mean, just not running back. Is it conditioning? Is it whatever it is? Is just it's beyond anything I've ever seen in my entire life as a Louisville fan. And. There's no way to spin it positive. There's just not. I mean, we've become the Washington Generals of college basketball. At least the Generals are like up for some zany pranks. And I mean, I feel like, like I feel like there's going to be at some point against like North Carolina or Duke that they're going to be spinning the ball and we're going to be standing here looking at it. You, you ever seen, remember they see the Simpsons or Krusty bet on the Washington Generals? Yeah. And he's like, I thought they were due, and he's sitting there yelling at the game. He's like, he's spinning the ball. The Generals just did take it off his they hand. They have won a few times. They did. <laughs> when was the last time when they won? When was the last time they did win? I remember they broke like an eight-year losing streak one time. Okay, of course, so now there's like there's like twelve Harlem Globetrotters teams and like Generals team to match. So I think I said this before, but I was way too old when I realized that the the Harlem Globetrotters like couldn't easily beat every team in the NBA. Like, I thought as, as a kid growing up, I was like, I mean, these guys they're they're casually making half court shots. They would dominate the Bulls. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and then like I got older, I'm like, oh yeah, they. <laughs> My first experience with be the Globetrotters was when they were on Scooby Doo. I think it was when <laughs> yes. I, I think it was when Alex Sanders joined the Globetrotters. Where I was like, well, he was like an okay player at Louisville. Is he really good enough to be a Globetrotter? And yes. I was like, oh, all these guys were just kind of okay players in college. Was he? He wasn't actually on the actual A team though. He was on one. Of those, he was like the tra- on one of the traveling. Yeah, because I guess they have they have several several teams yeah. now. I just remember it being a story. Of me being like, oh, did, did you ever go see a Globetrotters game? Oh yeah. I went to a few uh, when they were at Freedom Hall, and, and it, it, they're in town in January. I think. It's fun. I mean, listen, fun. if you got kids, I mean, you take take. You should always take them to the game. It's it's a great experience for sure. Uh, Texas says, "Let's your general swing." We need to see God's plan tweets, not from Nolan, but from some of the players as we're between semesters. That would maybe hint to uh, heading to the portal. Yeah, I don't know if you, Nolan Smith tweeted God's plan. Of course, fans were like, "Win a game," and he kind of went back at them. But yeah, that's a good thing, Nolan. Yeah. Leave, yeah. So use all that fire for the Twitter wars. It's yeah. It's, I mean, I would take more of the Kenny Payne approach, where it's like, first of all, I don't think Kenny Payne does any of his social media, which I would absolutely do if I didn't have to. But just I, at this point, maybe <laughs> just 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 keep it quiet. Like, just, I mean, just, or just say what you want to say, and if people want to reply, just ignore it. Nothing you can do is going to make it better. Yeah, I mean, right? like, you're not going to if they're coming at you for something you said. I don't. I didn't read this tweet or know what you're talking about, but I just know Twitter well <laughs> enough to know that if you're going to. If you're going to say something, people, they're going to come at you. You're not going to change their mind. What do you think? You're just going to tweet at them in 140 characters, and they're going to be like, you know what, Nolan? You're right. I'm exactly. sorry. You could have the most perfectly History wor- of Twitter you could have never the, happened. You could have the most perfectly worded, rational, incredible explanation that actually justifies being 0-9 right now, and it's not going to be met with universal approval by the— like, Oh, no. It's going to be met like with Chappelle. Win with, a uh, game. Our, yeah. I want to see proof. I want to see him holding a business card yeah. and— <laughs> and that's you can't win the battle right now on social media. It's, no, it's no, not going to it's, happen. No, it's that's the whole point of it is to aggravate and 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 argue. I mean, there's no resolution to be solved be solved in those. And so, if you want to put out a statement out there and on Twitter and tweet something, that's fine. Be my guest, but don't get mad when people come at you. And, and God forbid, don't don't respond. Sexual says actually there is a player that likes negative tweets. Just saying. Hmm. I did not know hmm. that. Did not know that. Texas Kenny Payne will not be here next season. Mark that down. It's over. I don't. I, what would you put it right now? If I say percentage it, 
It, scenario, think, scenario be damned, whatever. You see, can, I don't know. I, I think that's a big part of it. Because, well, I mean, the, obviously there's all if, kinds of scenarios that could work out. If it but, stays I mean, like this, then I see it being possible. If they get better and like we're like, okay, they really were trying. They really are working hard. Then Possible like 51% or possible like 60%. That he's not here next year? That he's not here next year. Oh, I don't think it's that high. Even even if this team doesn't, why would you work. say so? you said already you don't think that there's there's any way that he's not? I'm not. I'm, yeah, but that's why I didn't ask myself the question. I asked you. Well, I agree with you. So <laughs> okay, I definitely don't think it's above fifty. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like twenty five percent chance. Well, I mean, if this team goes zero and thirty two or whatever, I mean, you could put it at seventy five percent, but majority of that being leaning that you think he's because he leaves. There's just way too yeah. There's way too many unknowns. Like we don't know if Josh heard if there's a number that he would pull the trigger on. We don't know if this team's going to get better. We don't know if there's going to be some hope by. You know, transfer portal murmurings, or maybe a, a 2024 recruit starts uh, flipping for Louisville. Like we, we just don't know. But as of right now, I mean, you have to at least say that there's a chance, just because it's never, it's never been this bad, ever. Um, Texas says, Mike, I stopped watching. I just couldn't bear it. Do we actually have five players that play with effort? I'm starting to root for Owen Thirty. Go Cards. It's a sad, sad text. Yeah, I'm still watch every game. I will too, but like I, I see, I'm seeing a lot of people who are like, I can't, I can't do this. I mean, people were tweeting me during the last game, like, would you be watching if you didn't have to for work? And the answer is yes, yes because I'm, so a, I'm a sicko. Like, I'm, I'm never not going to watch Louisville basketball. But I will admit, like, it's not like it has been. Like, like my entire life, even when they've been bad, when it's like two o'clock and you've got a two thirty tip or something, like I'm getting antsy. Like I've got the, I got the, a little bit of the jitters going. Like I'm getting ready. I'm getting into the zone for the game to start. And like these days. The game's about to tip off, and I'm like, "All right, let's let's do this." Like, there's just there's no. I mean, I'm looking at a one o'clock game. I'm like, I see a one o'clock game like on set on this this weekend. I'm like, "Yeah, if I saw, I'll make sure I record it because I'm, I'm I don't know if I really want to make myself get up that early to watch it." Yeah, I know it's one o'clock. Suck it. Don't it's, judge me. It's just all sad. Your comment and the team. Texas, um, <laughs> I agree 100%. I just want great effort. That would make this team easy to root for. Oh, yeah. I mean, to bring, again, to tie it back into that 0809 Indiana team, which had as little talent as you're ever going to see from a power conference team and won six games, they still were kind of beloved by the fan base because they played so hard. If this team. Pritchard was on that team when they got, when they went to Sweet 16 two years later. He was, and he was a, a glue guy on that guy. On that like, team. if this team just had awful, awful talent and they've got. Not great talent, but it's not awful. But if they had awful talent and they were just playing so hard every game and losing sometimes by 20, but, you know, being closer than they should against better teams, like, Louisville fans, we know they would get behind them. Like, like all the reason why most Louisville fans are upset is it just looks like we care way more than they do, which is a, it's a pathetic feeling. Like, I felt, I remember feeling it a little bit at the end of the crumb era where it was like these guys just, like, they don't seem to care that they're losing. They don't seem to care that they're not continuing the tradition of Louisville basketball. Like, I feel like I'm more upset about these losses than they are. And I never felt that way when Rick was here, which was great. And I never took that for granted. And right now, yeah, like I watch games and I'm like, I think that this hurts me more than it hurts these dudes. And I hope that that's not the case. But just watching it as an outsider, it certainly feels that way. And that sucks. It makes you feel, like, really low. Um, that needs to change. The last couple of games, we get the same things from Kenny and even from the players. Like, we know it's rough. Drop for us too. We know we need to get learned. Again, stop telling me what we already know. We we see these things too. We 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 uh, we know that it's been rough. We know you need to learn. Stop telling me and show it to me. Texas, we were ten and four this time last year. God, that feels like. I mean, we've lost. How's Matt Cross playing at UMass? He's still alive. 
That's a good question. Has he, has he been killed? <laughs> he been <laughs> I'm going to guess he's averaging 8.5 points per game. You know, it made me a little, I don't, don't want to say not. 10.9. Is he really? God, he's shooting 40% from three. <laughs> of course he is. Oh, my God. What was it I saw? The, he's, the, averaging, he's averaging almost 11 points and six rebounds per what game. What was the tweet? I think a tweet I saw where is our, our former, uh, what the, the guy that went to Iona from us. He's averaging like 18 and nine. Quinn Slezinski? Yeah. I don't think he's averaging that much. I thought I saw on, on a tweet yesterday he was averaging like 18 and nine. By the way, they, oh my God, he's averaging 18 and seven and a half. I tell you, yes. They had a guy that we, like, yeah, that's him. Well, uh, okay, well, he's only played in two games. That's why. Well, still. I, that's why. Really? That's still. T- he's, he's hurt. <laughs> he scored 20 against Hofstra in their season, in their first loss, and then 16 against Penn. So that's why. That, that makes more sense. Because I was like, I don't think he was that. He didn't do that much last year. Still more than me right now than we got. Well, he's played two games. He's hurt. He's, <laughs> he hasn't played since November 11th. Um, but Iona, they play. New Mexico's 10 0 for the first time since like 1972 under Richard. And their next game is against Iona on Sunday. That's, that's why I think I saw the tweet about them being out. That could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, I've got to see now. Now that I'm, you've piqued my interest, I got to see what Noah Locks. Yeah, I was going to say that. I know he had a good game the other night, but is he shooting? If he's shooting, he's Providence, right? Okay, he's only shooting thirty-two point eight percent from three. So he's shooting worse for them from three than he shot for us last season. He shot less than thirty-two percent last year. He three? shot thirty-five percent from three for us last year. Okay, and he's averaging the exact same amount of points, nine point six. No, I mean that's that's I guess shouldn't surprise us. That was to I me mean, your fifth year, eighth year senior. I mean, he probably was, it wasn't his ceiling. It makes me feel better though, because I was worried he was going to go there and shoot like fifty three percent from three. This who, else, who else did we lose last year? Was I'm thinking who? Sam was, Williamson's averaging like uh, ten and eight at SMU, who's just okay. Aiden Gayon's barely playing for Grand Canyon. Well, yeah, that's, that's a broken record right there. Poor <laughs> I know. I mean Williamson. There's a guy though that, that like you talk about like maybe not having the most talent, but was. Would, would put it all in the line. We could have used his rebounding. Well, I mean, he's going to hustle. He's going to may not make the smartest play, especially on defense, but he's going to he's going to give you one hundred percent effort. And I'm not saying maybe some of these kids aren't giving one hundred percent effort, but I'm not saying it. But I'm kind of somewhat saying it. I'm saying it. They're not. Yeah, Sam is averaging almost eight rebounds per game. He's at like Prairie View or something, right? SMU. SMU. Yeah. Um, who's not very good this year? Or most years? Yeah, they're better than the. They're three and seven right now. That's. Way below, I mean, they've had like what standards. two tournament appearances in the last thirty years? We looked this up the last time you said this. They've been they were way better than you think that they are. They, I don't remember looking at them up. I remember having the UNLV discussion with you. No, we we looked SMU up because you were like they're they're terrible. They have they've had like one losing season in the last fifteen years. Well, <laughs> but did they go to tournaments? Yeah, I mean they they've been to they they were a a sixty. We've done this before. We don't need to look up. Yeah, SMU. they've been to two tournaments since nineteen ninety two. But they had the one where they were ineligible and they were like the last undefeated team. I mean, I guess you're talking about the 13, yeah. I mean, yeah, they, they've, they've been in 2020. They've been the last two tournaments. No, they haven't. They've been in tournaments in 16. Oh, that's NIT. Yeah, I was going to say. They've been to two tournaments in the last 30 years. But again, one losing season in the last 15. They're better than three and seven right now is my whole point. <laughs> okay. No, they haven't. They've been, yeah, they, they, and they were undefeated in 2018 when they were ineligible. They lost one game the entire season. In which year? 2018. 18-19 season? No, 2017-2018. I got listed at 17 and 16 here. Well, whichever season that was. The, they, the, when they were, they got Larry Brown. 
They were the last undefeated team standing. Anyways, we talked about SMU basketball for two minutes to end the 4 o'clock hour. Let's take a break. When we come back, 5 o'clock hour, more text from you, 502-414-1450. We'll try to talk more football and get away from the basketball talk because it just puts everybody in a bad mood. Um, and, I don't know, we'll throw a little volleyball nugget in there as well. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Hour 3 is on the way next. Keep it locked right here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. You're unbelievable. Suave. Seguro que han oído que yo soy educado, soy un caballerito, un chico bien portado, un joven responsable y siempre bien vestido. You don't say king, I'm in I don't drink or smoke and into dope when I know coke. You ask me how do I do it? I cope. My only addiction has to do with a female species. I eat a raw like sushi. No me gusta entero, mi estilo es moderno. Si me entero, yo me entero. Five o'clock hour here of the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. We start this hour with the update that everybody's been waiting for. So yesterday a texter said he's been listening to the show while he's on hold with Papa John's for over 40 minutes for a pizza that they never delivered. And we were like, okay, we appreciate that, but what are you doing, man? Like, like why why would you wait on hold for this long? And so he says... I really love the checkaroni. <laughs> apparently. He's got, a, got a, he's got the update that nobody asked for. He said, after 45 minutes on hold, I ordered another pizza, but decided to wait until an hour had passed being on hold so I could give myself the vindication of saying I was on hold for an hour. I accidentally hung up at the 59 minute 30 second mark. I eventually got my pizza and my poppers, and they were very good. <laughs> I don't think this guy handled this situation properly at all. Yeah, I mean, did he? So he paid twice. He paid for two pizzas, but only got one. It sounds like he paid for two pizzas, and they both ended up coming. I mean, is that. To the extreme, in the same way, like when I if I go to a drive through and I get something and I order a plane, I drive away and it turns out they put stuff on it. I just throw it away. I don't even bother going back. I mean, but to a because I do that. But I mean, and I've done. I've gotten like a drink and a sandwich, and I pull away, and I'm like, I just paid like eight dollars for a large drink because the sandwich isn't what I wanted, and I'm just I don't even feel like going back to the drive through again. I kind of I, I do the same thing. It's bad. But like, I don't, it's not worth the hassle to me. Yeah, and now, now if I'm gonna be like, if I'm extremely hungry and this happened, then maybe. But more often than not, I mean, I can't less than on one hand can I name. But, but like, this is like, but that's also paying like, you know, swallowing six or seven dollars. These people have taken an hour of your time. Yeah, like, hour of your time. Plus, it's a pizza. You're probably talking like twenty bucks. I mean, it's the least. It's the least, right? I mean, I don't, I don't, should have been handled differently. Because he got poppers, too. That's like eight bucks right there. Plus delivery fee. He paid the delivery fee. Twice. Yeah, to somebody didn't even deliver it. Now, my question is, he said he... he so, did he call the same restaurant and reorder it? Did no, he call... There are a lot of questions here. I mean, did he call the same pop John's like, Hi, I just been on hold with you about the beach you didn't get me. Can I just reorder it now? I mean, did he order online? I mean, who calls the pizza place anyway? I don't think... I can't remember the last time I called a pizza place. Like 15 years ago, maybe? I haven't ordered a pizza non-online in easily 15 years. I, I'm with you. I, I don't. 
I don't know. <laughs> I have questions. I'm a curious mind. Jan's coming back at me on Twitter. Jan's coming. Don't 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 tell her she's no capping. So if you just joined the show, Jan says she's been a big fan of mine for a long time, but I've been so negative about basketball this year, not painting a rosy picture of a team that has gotten off to a the worst start in the history of power conference basketball that she can't listen to the show anymore. She's done with me. She turned it back on when Brom got hired. She liked the positivity there, but she she turned it off for good an hour today. And I said, Jan. <laughs> Wait, did you go at her? Did you reply to her on Twitter? Yeah. Just right after we literally just went through the discussion of there's no good that can come from it. Well, I said, Jan. <laughs> I've certainly been positive about football, but if you want me to tell you that Louisville basketball getting off to the worst start in the history of power conference basketball is somehow okay or even a good thing, I'm sorry. I'm not going to have much for you there. And she said, there are ways to handle it. Yeah. Don't feel left out, which I don't even know what that means. I only listen to Bob <laughs> Valvano and Marcus Mabin. I realize you children are babies, but let's not forget these players are someone's son. Could you try to focus a little on some of the positives? First of all, Jan, I appreciate that because I am old enough to be the father of not everybody on this team right now. Well, I said, real quickly, I said, give me some examples. Like, what would you be talking about if we had the Jan... Jan show and she said these players didn't have to come or stay here we won 12 games last year I believe Did 13, we, win? we won 13. 13 Jan come on you gotta check the facts Jan <laughs> come on Jan come on. you gotta come right Jan plus you're calling us young young kids and I'm 42 years old she said I wouldn't blame them if they had left we should at least give them a little respect for that notice their improvements we are all aware of how many games they have lost and therein lies the issue Jan it's what I've been saying for the last hour. If they were just 0-9, but playing their asses off and playing hard and looking better, but they're just getting beat by better teams because the talent level's not good, then that would be one thing. Is Jane actually listening to the show? Well, no, she's done with us. But, and was she ever listening before? Yeah, she said she's a huge fan of mine for years. I just I, She can't listen anymore. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, because... If there were improvements with this team... Maybe I'm just not including I would scenario. love to... Yeah, I, no, you're not. I, I'm sorry. It's okay. Because I'm saying, cause I've been positive about some improvements in the players. I was, I just was earlier today. Yeah. So, man, I'm old. I mean, you know, maybe I'm. Just, I'm Jan got confused that it's you know it's it's actually the TK and Friends show. It's not. It's Jan. Get it not right, the Mike Rutherford show. If there, I'm were, someone's if child. There were improvements to be made, Jan. If there were improvements happening, I would love to highlight them. It's not happening. All I can talk about is what I'm seeing with my eyes, and what I'm seeing with my eyes. Ain't, ain't pretty. Jane kind of lost me when she when she used the, these are someone's children. What do you want me to do? I mean, do you want me to be, pat them on the back, tell them they're doing a great job, Junior? Keep it up. I'd listen to the Jan <laughs> podcast, though. I'll say that. If she wanted to start a podcast, I'd listen to it because I need a jolt of positivity. Not even if I don't agree with it. I need to hear it. I need somebody out there doing the Lord's work, just saying, you know, I mean, I, tr I even at the end of the first hour, I tried. I, I said, if you're looking for some reason to believe that this can get better, I, I do think that Kenny Payne deserves credit for not having the, at least that we know of, the type of behind-closed-doors dysfunction that we saw last year. There are no stories about guys getting into fights with one another. There's nobody out there tweeting out, like, I hate it here. Nobody's left the team. Nothing like that. You had LLs today coming out and saying publicly, like, you know, this this whole video that went viral of, of him and Kenny Payne talking on the bench. He was like, I trust in Kenny Payne. I trust in him. Um, like, that's that's good. 
like that 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 is a positive. I give Kenny Payne credit for at least keeping that together in a rough situation. For now. So that's there you go, Jan. That's me being positive Louisville basketball fan. Does it override being 0-9 and not being close to competitive in any game that we've played since the first three? No. But it's something positive. But you got and, and stop being negative because these are someone's children. Texas says, of course they aren't fighting each other. They won't even fight another team. There's no fighting. <laughs> I mean, well, do you not do you have like this major league two moment when, when the team starts fighting in the doubleheader? Harry Cole has to wake up from a drunken stupor. He's trying to hit Ricky Vaughn. And why not? Everyone else in the league does. I mean, just, I don't know. Willie's carried his left a little there. It might hurt him in the later rounds. It, it, <laughs> it goes back, and we, we talked in the first hour about the, the Sam Vecini podcast. I played the clip that I, I put out there on Twitter. When you hear, we're in a bizarro world where typically when there's criticism of a coach, that criticism is amplified locally. It's more extreme locally than it is nationally. We're in this reverse situation where you have a, don't get me wrong, I think the segment of the fan base that is upset with the way that things are, I mean, everybody's upset. I'm not, I'm not even the people who are pro, you know, I hate to say, even say pro Kenny, everybody's pro Kenny Payne because we want this to work out. But even the people who are saying, this is okay, this is going to work out fine, I'm confident in that. Like, they're not happy with the fact that we're 0-9 right now and, and not remotely competitive in any of these games. But the there is more defense of the head coach here locally than there is from anyone nationally. And you see that. I mean, I get I, – I hate doing this, but like I, I get like, – people will reach out during games who have no ties to Louisville, who are just watching this team with an objective eye, and they're like, dude, <laughs> what is this? Like, how is it possibly this bad – and I don't know what to tell them. I mean, that's what Sam Vecini is saying. He's like, there's, he's like, the talent level here is not great, but there's plenty of talent here that you shouldn't be losing by 25 to a bad Florida State team. You shouldn't be losing to Appalachian State at all. You shouldn't be losing to Wright State or Bellarmine. And he's like, they just look like, he's like, they look like they have no idea of what they're doing offensively. It looks like the other team is completely prepared for everything that they are going to do offensively. They make the most careless turnovers I've ever seen from a power conference team. They don't crash the boards despite having a size advantage against basically every team they play. They don't get back they don't to block p- out to play. They don't. They don't do any of the little things that every other college team that has any semblance of success has. And everybody else is saying that they're like, like, like I mean, Mark Tice is like, I can't stop watching this team because I've never seen a team from a program like Louisville. That just looks like they don't give a bleep like they do. And when everybody else is saying this, like they're just saying what they see with their own eyes. And locally, we still have this like debate about whether or not this is acceptable. Well, of course it's unacceptable. Do you, do you think the, the local, the, the reasoning is that locally, local has the ties to the, we needed to bring back a Denny guy, yada, yada, yada. This is what our old players wanted, you know, and so on and so forth. I think it's part of it. And you don't, you don't feel that, obviously, outside of the, you know, Ohio Valley area for the most part. Yeah, I mean... Like there was back in the day, there was a little bit of that with with Steve Cragthorpe. Like you, you got to get him time. There were people who were willing to say the problem is the the, the culture issues from the Petrino. But also, like Cragthorpe went six and six his first season. Yeah. It was bad. It wasn't like historically bad, like what we're dealing with right now. It was not getting the most out of that team either, though. But you for sure. But, but it, a team so talented enough to where he couldn't go like two and two and twelve or whatever. We beat a ranked team that year on the yeah. road. Like we, we we beat a ranked Cincinnati, by the way. Um, like and, and they were competitive enough in the games that they lost. It wasn't acceptable, but it was like compared to this. I, I mean, it, it, we're talking apples and oranges. Like, like yeah. this is and and also this is basketball versus football. 
Again, we've never been this bad in basketball since any of us have been alive. We've never seen anything like this. Mm-hmm. And so to act, and I get it's why I understand why you have these just crazy ass responses, and maybe I'm going crazy too. Nobody knows how to handle this. Nobody knows how to react to this. We thought we did last year. We we thought it was the worst th- team we've ever this seen. This time last year, we're over here. I look back now, and one year ago, Trevor and Mike, I'm like, drama queens. I mean, I you said. Got, you, this, you all think you got it bad now? In the, wait, la- wait the last year. radio show we did after we lost to Virginia, by a point, and after winning a game in the ACC tournament, which seems like a, a pipe dream at this point, I wrote, I put it on Twitter, I said it on the show. I was like, let's never have a season like this ever again, Right. Let's never, ever have to go through anything like this, anything like this ever again. I'm not even saying we're going to make the NCAA tournament in Kenny Payne's first year, but let's never have the effort issues, the dysfunction, the, the, the long losing streaks, the just, just everything. And yet here we are, and it's worse. No, I mean, I, I know you're going to, somebody's going to respond to this statement by, that team was way more talented, and, and they are. Were they? No, I'm talking about, no, I'm, I'm going to say this. Pageant came in with zero head coaching experience, three years of coaching experience pretty much in general, and won 20 games. And no staff. Three, no staff. Three weeks before the start of the season. And, and Yeah, and you can if you want to tell me, oh, that team was, a, and yes, I understand that team was better. They were for sure. But the, the fact he still won 20, like, does Kenny Payne win 20 games with that team? I don't want to go down that road because it would make me sad. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the, if Pageant's coaching his team now, are we 9-0? No. Do we have three wins? I bet my left foot we do. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. I think it's fair to say. I'm sorry, Jan. The point is... I'm is trying, that, Jan. The point is, is to bring back Pageant. <laughs> the moral of the story here is... <laughs> Texas says, I don't know why people are so down on this basketball team. Doesn't everyone look forward to $500 paydays? <laughs> Gee, I wonder who sent that text in. Wasn't even Scoots. Oh, wasn't? No. Well, <laughs> Scoots isn't out of the woods yet. I mean, he he got beat. They got beat pretty bad this week. No, they're not bad. They lost sixty-seven to sixty, I think. But they're 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 only two and nine. If we can get to three wins, that might be enough. That's so sad. That might do it. We may have a three-two bet. I feel like I feel like I'm. It's like watching Kentucky and IU play football back in the nineties, like a three-to-nothing game. They may win. They may win Scoots five hundred dollars because they played a, a D three opponent in Wayne State, and that's <laughs> that's technically one of their two wins right now. I thought that doesn't count as a win on your resume. Oh, it counts. Well, then why doesn't Shamanon count for us? Because it was an exhibition game. <sighs> It's the scheduling issue. The scheduling issue is going to cost you $500. And you know who made the schedule, don't you? Well, I mean, that's not Vince. Vince? No, the, the, we didn't have these games in. Uh, really? Yes. The, the, it was less than two years ago. Okay. Yeah. Um, Texas says, 502-414-1450, by the way, is the uh, the text line. Texas says, my text from yesterday got buried under an overhaul, long conversation about the definition of a salad. So I'm saying bring Rick back. I'm still not joking. Well, great text. I mean, yeah. It, <laughs> Thank you for that. Bring Rick back. Yeah, thanks. Dynamite drop it. <laughs> Where's the more salad talk? Texas, you think we beat Florida A&M? We lost to Lenore Ryan. <laughs> no. I'm just telling you right now. What's Lenore Ryan doing right now? I don't I don't know. I'll look it up in a second. I mean, you know, you he, want positivity, Jan? I, I'm the only guy out there with the stones right now to guarantee a win over Florida A&M. Nobody else is giving you that. I'm guaranteeing it. We're beating Florida A&M on Saturday. I'll give you that. You're definitely more positive with that than I am. I might be the most positive Louisville basketball yeah, fan at this positive. point. <laughs> We're beating Florida a and I'm saying it. Guaranteeing it. What's Lenore Ryan doing right now? 
they only have one win, I'm going to be really pissed. Just give me a winning D2 record. Ah, four and three. Four and three, all right. <laughs> That's they had one win. I was gonna. I might, I might just walk off this show right now. They have lost three of their last four. Well, I mean, they recently, most recently, were defeated by twenty at home against Wingate. Look, Wingate's tough. David Wingate. Columbus State beat them by one. There's a Columbus like Columbus. Is that in Ohio? <laughs> Mount Olive recently beat them by seven. They, I, thought, I thought that was an old pervert joke. They did beat Converse. <laughs> An entire shoe company. They took them down. 67 to 58. <laughs> so they're not they're not the worst team in D2. Wasn't that like an old Popeye joke? And we're the only you exhibition game they played, too. We have nothing else to compare them to. <laughs> they got Newberry coming up tomorrow night. Jordan? Yes. That's Nickelberry. <laughs> yes. That was, also, his name is Josh. Oh, well. <laughs> he's doing well, though, right? He's, he's lining up. They're not yeah, very he's, good. Yeah, he's taking a lot of shots, yeah. LaSalle, is that correct? Correct. Right. Texas. Oh, that's that's too long. I'm sorry. I can't read. I I can't read three paragraphs of text. I can't. I mean, the the, the person, male or female. I don't want to judge. They, they they took the time to type that. They might have got carpal tunnel in their thumb because of that. It's a long text. Is it worth reading? I. It's. Can you paraphrase it? Basically, it's just somebody summing up the entire what we all feel. Like this is. I've never experienced this. Best case scenario is we're a tournament team in like three years. This isn't good. I don't have much hope. The one, the one thing I would say for those that are like, we need to get rid of Kenny if, this, if he goes zero and thirty or two and wins with the yada, yada yada. The one positive is that, in terms of saying, well, give him, let's let him bring him back one more if he wants to come back, is that if he comes back one more year and we're just this bad again, you make the right hire. Then you can turn things around in basketball like that. I mean, can't we say the same thing about this year? Yeah, but we're not doing it because I'm questioning whether. I'm going to draw a hard line in the sand here. And I know that it's been, I've, people are like, well, you're we playing. two years. Chris They're like, tell me available. right now whether you, you, you want Kenny Payne fired. I'm like, I can't. We're nine games into this. It's, it's terrible. I, I've been, I've made my thoughts known many, many times. You, listen to the show. You, you know how I feel about this. I'm not happy. But I'm not going to say you need to fire him in season right now. No. I will God, draw no. a hard line in the sand right now, though. I thought I did that. If we don't win a game this season, I'm saying it. <laughs> At that point, can't bring him back. If we go 0 and 31, can't bring it back. Can't do it. If we join Prairie View A and M, Savannah State, NJIT, and Grambling, I can't live on that list. A hell of a, that's a hell of a collection. Of and Louisville, a program that's won three <laughs> national titles, would join that list. I can't do it. Cannot do it. In, in, in NJIT, they they made a tournament eventually, didn't they? Uh, I did they make it like the four play in or something recently like a couple years ago i don't i feel like maybe they did when they the covid year and they ended was, up not getting to play in the tournament oh, okay well that sucks because they did i remember hartford, i thought they were 16 play in i remember hartford made it as well and it was their first ncaa tournament and then they ended up not getting to play but then they won the america east the next year uh no njit has never played in the ncaa oh yeah, absolutely neither is Prairie View name them i assume right uh Prairie View's been in the tournament oh they have okay yeah. You actually have asked that question before. Have a yeah, um, Grambling. I don't. I mean, I guess. I think Grambling's one of the teams that has never made it. I think they're the only team in that conference that's never made it because I write this big conference tournament primer every year, and I think that they're the only SWAC team that's never made the NCAA tournament. Which is, well, I guess, Which yeah, because they had so much football success. You'd think that would carry over a little bit. And they had some ba- They had some basketball success, but it was back in like the the sixties and stuff. And I don't know. They they probably weren't. 
they were probably more concerned playing in NIT at that point than in the actual NCAA tournament. Uh, Grambling, yeah, has never. Well, they were also D two back then. Oh, were they okay? They have only been D one since the mid eighties. They have never played in the NCAA tournament. And Savannah State's never played. Not sure. I would assume so. I would assume that. So, so we may have more national titles than all these other teams combined tournament appearances. Oh, I guarantee we do. <laughs> yeah, here we are in the group. It's like when you just like have a, a bad event at a party and you have to sit with the losers at lunch. It's like, what happened? Well, he, <laughs> he crapped himself at a party. Now he can't sit with the cool kids anymore. I'm never finding love. Me and all the losers at table nine. <laughs> that fat guy over there. <laughs> Girl with sideburns. The part about all this for me is the apathy that has set in over the past few years. Louisville basketball was appointment watching for me only a few years ago. It has been a way for me to stay connected to the city of Louisville, my hometown, and my alma mater. I moved away 15 years ago, and now I will just throw the games on in the background if it's convenient. I hate hearing stuff like that, and I'm hearing more and more of it. We brought up beginning of the year or going into the, the hiring of Kenny Payne and uh, examples of <laughs> the lack of experienced coach coming back to the alma mater. We, you know, obviously, there's been hit misses, better hits recently, guys like Aaron McKee and, and company doing well this year, but... Like one of the names I brought up and I worried was the Drexler and Houston one. And like I watched this team and I'm having flashbacks to that year watching that Houston team play. I can see that. I mean, that's what this look instead instead of instead of Gervin and George Gervin out there just taking thirty shots pointlessly, it's L. Ellis. And the entire time I'd sit there and I just remember, you know, sitting there watching my little T V I had at, at the, under the counter at at the video store when I'd watch the games. And like just watching Clyde Drexler just sit there look just like, what, what do you want me to do? I mean, I, I'm telling you. Thomas at FIU, same thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm watching him. Say Thomas, got to watch the pace, what he did to the Pacers. Look. But, yeah, I mean, he just sit there and he's with his arms crossed leaning against the, the scores table with just this expression of befuddlement. And that's kind of, I mean, I see that with Kenny. Uh, he's not like relaxing at scores table. He's just sitting there with a smile on his face, and I don't know why he's smiling unless he's the one that's putting hundred dollars double down every year, every game on against himself. Texas, says, this is Kim. I'm a huge fan of y'all. I even own my very own copy of Mike's book. Uh-oh. I don't like the preface to this statement. What does she want to know if I'm gonna write a book? Jan needs to stop being a Karen. Oh, there you go. These children are supposed to be performing at a Division One level. I'm not going to love these children to failure. I didn't do it with my kid and my students, and I'm not starting now. You're doing good work, Mike. Keep it up. Go Cards. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, and I thank you too, Kim. I know if I wrote a book, you'd you'd buy it. More, more like a pamphlet or a leaflet. But here, here's the last thing with the, with the, the their kids. But guess what? They're kids who want to be paid and treated like adults, and they want no money. And so you want you want to get paid and you want to earn money and you want to. Then guess what? You can have your cake and eat it too. Also, some of them are like twenty three. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, if you're yeah, I mean, if you're 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 eight, you're nine, you're still yes, even at twenty three, you're still you're still a kid somewhat. I mean, like I mean, you look back when you were twenty three, you were still doing stupid stuff, right? Yeah, I was doing way stupid stuff probably than you. Maybe these kids. Point is though, they don't want they they wanted to be the adult life though, and that's the case. And guess what? You're I'm a kid. I don't, I've got you can't treat me like that. That goes out the window. Well, right out the at window. At the risk of doing a Calipari thing. Like, you know, he always does, like, this program's not for everybody. Like, this is... It's true. I, I feel like I say this five times a show. This is Louisville. Yeah. Like, you know what you're getting into when you come to play here. We are a program that has been one of the best in this sport for the last several decades. 
We have a fan base that is passionate and that is always there. You're going to be on a bright stage. You're playing against the Dukes and the North Carolinas and the Kentuckys of the world, for God's sake. If you're not ready for that type of pressure, if you're not ready for that type of criticism, if you're not ready for that type of praise, should it come, don't come here. Call call your ex-teammate Sammy Wilson to me and see if he's dealing with the same kind of stuff that he had to deal with at Louisville. See if he want, you know, misses it. Like we have a lot of kids that go to like lower yeah. levels and more more playing time, and they all say like, not saying they don't care about basketball there, but not, no, they, I mean they have their reasons. But if, if you're worried about like people saying mean things about you on the radio, like I mean, I, I, it's not <laughs> like we're going directly at people and being like, no, I hate this player. The way his face looks rubs me the wrong way. This is a collective thing. We're not singling anybody out. This is not a good enough effort from anybody, and that's all. Plus, I mean, how can you get mad at us for saying about LLS himself has point blank said, we know we're not doing well. I mean, we're not saying anything untrue. We may be mean about the way we point out what is fact, but it is it is what it is. Uh, Texture points out the, the West Kentucky line, which I mentioned in the second hour, has come out. WKU, six and a half point uh, was the opening spread, has already been bet up to WKU, eight and a half. So Break it on that before it gets to double digits. <laughs> it's all just so depressing. Texas, have you heard anything about Aiden Robbins potentially coming back? I know that's a rumor that's out there. Uh, Aiden Robbins, the former manual high star, played here for you know played limited time as a, in three seasons, a redshirt sophomore, went to UNLV, rushed for over 1,000 yards this year for yeah, the Rebels. They, they surprisingly fired their head coach a couple of weeks ago. He entered the transfer portal uh, four or five days ago. I've heard that it's possible th- that he comes back. I, I know that um, there's a running back from Purdue – um, Keon, Keon Brown, who's going to visit U of L this weekend. We have a lot of visitors this weekend. Um, I think the staff, Chris Barclay was the one who recruited him. He wants them to come here to Louisville. They need to find some running backs because right now you've got, just got Jawar Jordan and Maurice Turner coming back from this past year's team. You'd love to get this kid from Purdue. You'd love to have Aiden Robbins back. Who's a proven uh, running back. We found out firsthand this year, you've got to have depth to that position. We had five scholarship players. They all had to play relatively large minutes because guys kept getting hurt and that's just going to keep happening. Go from Louisville to Vegas back to Louisville. Lou Vegas. That's what the the kid that went to Wagner did. The guard that was real good at Louisville. Uh, they he left Wagner and went to Finley Prep and played with uh, for Vanderbilt's dad up there. Are you talking about Devon Cooper? Yeah. And he yeah. came and he came back. And he went to like five different schools in college too. What made the <laughs> NCAA tournament at Morehead? Has he been still bounced around? He's probably is he still eligible? No, he's done. His last year, I think he he went from Morehead to. Um, it wasn't that long ago he's at Wagner, was it? Yeah, he was. I like guess 40. it has been. Yeah. You're right, yeah. I mean, Time flies, man. You ain't lying about that. Texas, what do you think the biggest spread uh, I could bet and it hit? I have no idea what that means. He's talking about what, the biggest, I guess, in terms of what could cover against Louisville. Well, we haven't, again, we haven't come within seven points of covering a single spread. So. I mean, if we go into Duke or into North Carolina, we could know. be at 20. Three point underdog. Oh yeah, I don't. Man, these are such sad conversations. I mean, North Carolina. I I won on North Carolina this weekend. They were given thirteen and a half, and this is North Carolina team has just lost what four in a row. Yeah, who they? Who, I don't even remember who I bet them against now, and they covered. Oh, it was Georgia Tech, I think. But I mean, I still, yeah. I mean, I still, I took them out, covered with them. More than I can say about Kentucky this weekend. Kim texted back in. She said, Trevor, I'm anxiously awaiting your pamphlet on the variation of salads. <laughs> now, that would be a leaflet. <laughs> there are a lot of – I'll sum up a lot of this, and I know we have to go to break. Like, now a lot of texts are coming in responding to the guy who's so apathetic and that they're telling their own stories of apathy setting in. This was the biggest fear with something like this happening. On top, and I think this was the reason why combating this 
was one of the biggest reasons why you went out and hired Kenny Payne because the last few years, and it, it's, it feels weird talking about how bad they've been. I see this a lot where people are like, this is terrible. It's been this bad for five years. I'm like, dude, three years ago right now, we were the number one team in America. Like, it, We made the NCAA tournament in Chris Mack's first year. We were one of the first teams left out in the David Padgett season. We were the first team left out in the COVID season. We would have been a top four seed in the tournament that got canceled. It's been bad relative to our standards and what we're used to. It has not been anything resembling like what we've seen in this past month. So the reason why I think one of the reasons why you would go out and hire a guy like Kenny Payne, a guy who speaks to the fan base, who can bring the old players back, get the old positive vibes going, usher in some nostalgia, is you're hoping he has the same type of effect that Jeff Brom is having right now. You avoid the apathy because anger is one thing, excitement's one thing, apathy is the worst thing. And right now, because I think it's not just what's happening this season, but it's this season on top of the scandals, the missing the NCAA tournament, the you know having to fire Patino, the the rough way that it ended with Chris Mack, all of that stuff has piled up, and people just. You're seeing on the text, there's like seven texts in a row. People just do not care the way that they did 10 years ago, the way that they cared 20 years ago. And that sucks. And the sooner that we can get past all this and get back to being relevant and get some sort of good vibes, both with the we're loving them up, the culture, the players, the former players are happy, and we're actually winning games, the sooner we can avoid all of this, which is, again, I'll say it, losing an entire generation of fans. You've got kids out there that have not experienced anything resembling normalcy for Louisville basketball since they were like eight years old and those kids are getting ready to like graduate high school I mean Patrick said he's 18 right now the last time that we won more than one game in the NCAA tournament he was in in sixth grade I I thought we had a bad in the 90s I I said the same thing I mean I really did it's worse right now yeah I mean I thought it was bad enough like getting like pummeled by Lawrence and Wright and in Memphis in the first round or yeah, but man. We're, yeah, we're losing to Gonzaga in the, in the, the first round of the seven tens. Yeah, and then we lost, we lost to Creighton in the seven tens. It's a different animal. It's an entirely different animal. And now you're starting to see more and more people saying, I just don't care the way that I used to. I'm not sad, not happy. I'm just nothing. And that is the worst possible scenario for this program. Even Crumb's first losing season, the 92 year or whatever, we still we upset Southern Miss in the Metro Tournament first round and went to the Com- Metro Tournament final. I mean, I remember in 98. Almost snuck into the tournament with 19 98. Loss, 18 losses. 98 was bad, but like his last season, I still remember like having, like we beat a couple of teams that we shouldn't have beat down the stretch. We ranked top 25 at one point. In that season? Yeah, because remember we went over this. We beat Utah. We went 12 and 19? Yeah, we beat Utah, and then we ranked, we were, we got to rank 25th well, or something. Regard, we got beat. My point is when things got really bad, there was still some hope out there that we could, I mean, we were hosting the, the Metro, the Conference USA tournament. We'd beaten some teams we weren't supposed to at the end of the season, and there was still some thought, we could make a run in this thing. Like, you still at least had that hope. With this year's team, everybody's like, they're going to lose by 20. No. Why am I even watching? Our only hope is to beat Florida A&M. Well, we're, we're going to do that. <laughs> I'm the most positive person out there right now. Let's take a break. When we come back, final segment of the show will come up. We'll take some more text. Uh, before we do, though, reminding you, if you have financial needs, First Bankers Trust is the only place to go in the city. They offer a wide range of services. Those services include investment management, trust and estate services, philanthropic services, and financial planning. If you want more information about what First Bankers Trust can do for you, go to firstbankerstrust.com. Trust is the key word when it comes to beating Florida A&M, winning Fenway Bowls, and making some money. 
And that's what First Bankers Trust can do for you. Go to firstbankerstrust.com. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Final segment of the show is up next. Keep it locked right here on 1450 The Big X. Cherry wine. Uh-huh. That's classy, baby. You're a, ter- you're a cherry wine out of a box? That's class. I don't think I have. I don't think I've had cherry wine, period. Okay, when I was... I actually never had cherry wine, but have you ever drink wine out of a box? Oh, yeah. When I was a kid, my uncle... Wait, uh, the bag? My, my uncle had uh, used to keep a box of wine in the, in the fridge. That, that's, I'd sneak a couple glasses here and there as a kid. Not a boy. <laughs> <laughs> And still cigarettes out of my aunt's purse. <laughs> yeah, just gotta do what you gotta do at a young age. Five one two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton Last sex week. line. If you have thoughts to, uh, <laughs> to get in before we call it a show here, um, I didn't plan on this. We started off talking about football and, and you know, Jack Harlow and Dua Lipa and things that are pleasant to discuss, and then basketball uh, because of the the press conference got us on that topic, and then it's just kind of carried. And then Jan just fueling. Just few, adding fuel to the fire. Jan. Jan. Jan just got me all going. Just break up with her through text, Michael. <laughs> what if somebody thinks positive about Jan there, Michael? Jan everywhere. I was, that was the episode I was watching. Text everywhere. When they went to the mall with the we went to the mall with the ladies. He's, he's, they're like, he's like trying to, she's convinced. Like sometimes she's dressed like a schoolgirl. I don't want to. <laughs> um. One, shows a therapist did. one football note that we have not mentioned today that we need to get to is uh, as the, the staff continues to take shape, Mark Hagan, the co-defensive coordinator and the defensive line coach at Purdue, is reportedly going to join UofL staff. He's going to stay at Purdue through the bowl game. They play, uh, I think, January 2nd against LSU in the Citrus Bowl. He's going to stay there through that game along with Brian Brom, but he will join UofL staff. He's known as a big-time recruiter. Uh, has been instrumental in their success defensively um, the, the last couple of years. So he'll come along along with Ron English. So you will have mostly the, the two big defensive coaches are going to be the same that Jeff Brom had at Purdue. You know, I was talking with somebody, another Louisville fan the other day about Ron English. And I guess I, I, I felt victim to it too and, until we were having the discussion. It, I mean, everybody's kind of like when you first heard that name, you're like, oh, bring Ronnie. Ron English wasn't bad at Louisville, though. I mean, he's there one year. I think it's because he he fells under the Cragthorpe umbrella of his tenure year. And then because he was so bad. And because he was bad at EMU. Yeah. But let's not forget he got the job at me because he did well here. We wanted to be the we wanted him to be the interim head coach. We people wanted Cragthorpe fired in the middle yeah. of the season, and we wanted English to take. I, over. I think I think it's just the I think that it's the perspective per, per, 
perception of him coming here is blinded by just kind of we're not remembering it clearly. Yeah, I mean, the 08 defense also got progressively worse, which was it started off being good, and then it, it, it was not great. Again, there's some things maybe to, to deal with. I mean, how was the offense putting them in very good positions? I don't remember. I don't know. Something tells me I doubt they were. I don't think anything was great. They, no, well, that exactly. was the, That was the, the Hunter Cantwell season. Um, the offense was okay, but it wasn't great. I mean, Hunter Cantwell season. Nothing was great. Yeah, exactly. And they went 5-7, and seven, which, once again, <laughs> comparing it to this basketball season, not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> um, I don't want to. I mean, every. Time. I mean, like I said, the, even the guy, even your boy Marshall, after a tra- after a plane crash, I know he won two games. We have like forty texts on left, and they're. I mean, they're all variations of, of most of the same thing. It's just you know, people are upset. Um, it's the the press conference today. There's a lot of reaction to that. We played some of the clips. Man. The fact that it's kind of the same thing that we're hearing is just. It is. But the, the, also, there's nothing. You know, if Kenny Payne switched it up and said something dramatically different, like there's nothing you can say at this point that's going to have people okay with being. 0-9. Well, didn't he try to do? Didn't he try to come out with like the Titanic line or something last uh, after the last game? Which also was like, you know, <laughs> people who stayed on the Titanic didn't end great for them either. I don't know if that analogy really played. My favorite was, I mean, and I wish I could have gotten to Twitter quicker because I was he popped in my head like everyone else is like. Rose didn't jump. She's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw He's that. like, we wouldn't jump off the bat. Like, <laughs> it was one of those where, like, I'm, I know what you're saying, Kenny, but maybe just, you know, maybe don't use the Titanic. Yes, because guess what? It didn't really end well for them. It's like when <laughs> Greer sent me the message when Seth Davis uh, had, like, asked him to join the Athletic, and he was like, he's like, he's like, welcome aboard our rocket ship. It's about to explode. I'm like, well, that's the last thing that you want to happen to a rocket ship. I was like, maybe, maybe not the best, maybe not the best comparison to make there. So. <laughs> welcome aboard the Challenger. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of what he said. The people who got off the Challenger, they weren't rewarded in the end. It's like, well, <laughs> that would have been the right move. They could have come. He could have at least used what was the boat that the in Seinfeld that the George got mad at the guy was the survivor of. The Indianapolis was that the one? No, it wasn't Indianapolis. No, that's Tanya. Indianapolis, USS Indianapolis was Jaws. The sharks. Yeah, that's the, the, yeah, the sharks. One. Yeah, it's Jaws. Uh, no, it's the one thing where he found out the old man was on a ship and turned out like three people passed away. Do <laughs> you remember that when he went no. to the uh, he gave the speech to the the, the tenant committee about. How his life was so much worse than this guy who survived a, a, a boat crash. I don't remember it. It's a great episode. Texas shouts to Nelson Aguilar being the only person on the field knowing that Devontae Parker was concussed and saved a possible disastrous situation. I heard I wasn't I didn't say I wouldn't watch the game at the time, but I heard that was that's how it went down. Yeah, the clips out there, it's been I put it on the website today too. And Devontae actually They were trying to play fast offense, so weren't they? Is that why maybe he wasn't kind of falling under the radar? No, they're just standing there at the line. And the, the, nobody caught it. And then Devontae put out a um, statement. I guess I, I guess this is on his Instagram. He just put out a little um, it says, "Get on y'all's effing job." And at NFL, thankful that my brother was aware of the situation at Nelson Aguilar. He could have taken himself out, you know, right? I mean, he's just they, they, you know. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. He was like standing there, like he's uncon. He's basically like not conscious. Like he's not thinking straight. Like you have to like that's that's why you have concussion spotters. Um, yeah, credit to Nelson Aguilar for actually catching something for once. Uh, Texas says, <laughs> what are the chances that Jan was a member of the 1986 National Championship team who is currently pretending to be a Division One basketball coach? It's in the Jerry East burner account. <laughs> well, I think, he's, I think the joke is that he's saying it's Kenny Payne. Okay. <laughs> Texas says, the KP experiment has gone literally as bad as it could go. 
Could it have? Got, could it be worse? We could have lost to Shamanov. <laughs> yeah, we could have lost to Bellerman by twenty. It's literally the only thing that we have is beating Shamanov in an exhibition game, and and only losing by a single points into the to the 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 Lenore Ryan's and no, we lost by ten to Lenore Ryan. Or Bell Bellerman, Bellerman was one, right? Bellerman, the first three were all one. Who was it? Bellerman. Who was the other two? I'm forgetting. App State and Wright State. App State and Wright State. God forbid why I don't want to remember. It could that. always be worse. I mean, I guess you could burn down a banana stand before you take the money out. <sighs> Way to go, Job. <laughs> Texas, what was Crumb's final record in his last two years? Well, his second to last year, we made the tournament. His second well, to last that was year, the Creighton loss, right? That was the Gonzaga loss. Gonzaga, we lost to Creighton right. in 99, Gonzaga in 2000, both were 7 10 games. Up, yeah. And then his last season, we won, I think, 12 games. I think it was 12 and 19. I want to say. This sounds. I thought, it was, I thought we had twenty losses. We only have. We've only had twenty losses one time, and that was ninety eight. Oh. Uh, so I feel like we were like nineteen and twelve in his second to last year, and then twelve and nineteen the year after, or something close. Uh, twelve and nineteen. Yeah, you're right. There you go. What were the year before? Uh, nineteen and twelve. There you Not, go. And before that, nineteen eleven. Nailed it. Texture says ninety seven. By the way, twenty six and nine. Just saying. Texture says I cried in eighty three when we lost to Houston. My son would cry now if I made him watch an entire game. <laughs> we joke, but like that's it's depressing as hell to read, man. Yeah. And it's not I don't think it's an abnormal sentiment. Texas is especially stark when you think about the circumstances that those teams were playing under, and this team is flying private everywhere. Um, talking about the other teams that have gone winless, playing as the primary in a billion dollar arena, brand new dorms. Have to imagine Denny Crum Hall is nicer than wherever NJIT was living back in the day. Oh, I'm kidding. I would put dollars of donuts that our practice squad is, our practice gym is 50 times better than all the gyms each of those schools playing currently. Well, those schools, I, I know Grambling and Savannah State, like the, the HBCUs, like they don't fly anywhere, they travel by bus everywhere. It. Yeah. And like it is, their facilities are. I mean, you saw the stuff with like St. Peter's when they made the Elite Eight last year about how you know their computer room had like flooding and like you know they, they, how small their locker rooms were and all this stuff. The schools that we're talking about that went winless, their like budgets and their facilities are even worse. Like it, it is a it is not a lavish lifestyle playing Division One basketball at some of these schools. And it, again, there's just there's no excuse for us being where we are. And I, I there's no other way I can say it. Texas says. Me at 9 p.m. tomorrow. Is this or is this not Louisville basketball? It is not. Do I or do I not have a cult pulse? Not anymore. Let's go to bed. <laughs> Goodbye, cruel world. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Texas says, I'm serious. Bring Rick back. <laughs> NJIT plays an arena that holds 3,500 people. That's, that's one, I was curious. Texas says, do Jerry Eves and Butch Beard storm the court if we win on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> they lift up Kenny. They hold Kenny up on his shoulders and carry him off the court. <laughs> Stop. 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 Uh, Scooter Dingus did text in. Oh, Scooter. I'm far from out of the woods, but oh, EMU no. has a win coming up on Sunday. Really? No wonder they is play. that Scooter? I'm. Is that him trying to come back at me? I'm guaranteeing a win over on, over uh, Florida and M, and so now he's trying to come back with a guaranteed win. I guess I can't play this game, Scoots. They they play Detroit Mercy on Sunday. They are they're underdogs in that game. 
You're guaranteeing a win in a game that EMU is underdog in? Yeah, I'm Detroit, I, didn't, I know who Detroit Mercy is. If EMU is going to be a favorite against somebody, it's going to be somebody I didn't know existed. Ken Palm now currently projects EMU to win eight games. He currently projects Louisville to win five. Oof. God, that, that total just keeps getting lower and lower. <laughs> Six last week. Texas, some compare this team to the 97-98 team and the 2000-2001 teams. Those teams would all beat oh, no. this team by 30. I compared last year's team to those teams. It's never been this bad. I mean, that's that's right. That's I compared those, but that that's this team. Yeah, I can't. I, I don't know who. I don't know who to compare it to. Texas, I'll be giving. Uh, I'll be positive, Jan. We are a team of giving. We give away the ball an average of seventeen times per game. <laughs> Texas, Jan must not be critical of anyone because everyone is someone else's child, right? That's Look, not Jan's out. trying. <laughs> just leave. We, we back off, Jan. She's, she's, Jan just wants to be positive. She, she maybe just has, wants some positive. Maybe just everything else is not going right in Jan's life. If so, give me a call. And maybe the, you know she's she just wants to, she just wants to show some. Could Jan be the Mrs. Kelsey? <laughs> I mean, Could this be how it starts? I mean, she wants to stay positive. I'll give her a chance to be silver like, lining. Like two months from now when we're 0 and 21, you're like, it's actually fine. I'm sick and tired of Mike coming on here and being negative. I'm like, is Jan telling you to do this? No. Just trying to get laid. <laughs> Texas, the Kevin Willard silence when he was asked about us was terrifying to me. Well, look, Kevin is... And asked, and asked about Seton Hall job, and he talked for like five minutes. Well, I mean, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin's basically family to the Patinos. Like, he's he's clearly was... He got asked about it when he was at Seton Hall when the whole thing with Rick went down. He, he had some things to say back then. Like, I, I do think, like, he was interested in the Louisville job. I think, he, I think the fact that he was not... He felt like he didn't get a fair shake. Um, also pissed him off. So you, you've got two things there. He's 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 not fond about the fact that he wasn't seriously considered for the U of L job, and he's loyal to the Patinos. And he's you know, he's not going to be like yeah they need to do like he just he feels like Rick wasn't treated right. And it's understandable that he has that position being somebody that's who's that close to them. Um, Texas says yes, they're someone else's children, but they're also grown men who should be embarrassed how they played this year. Sure. Again, we're not like saying anything that's not obvious either. It's like we're being mean to be mean. Yeah, like I don't. I mean, we're just pointing out things that I promise you, even LL's dad would probably notice. These, yeah, it's not a personal thing. It's not like I think this player's has a misshapen head, <laughs> and I don't like him because like, nobody's saying that. We're we're just we're talking about basketball. Texas, can we get T-shirts made that say "Incoherent Scheme" from the San Facini? <laughs> Texas, most of us were ready to run Chris Mack out of town after he barely missed the tournament almost a year after he was number one in the country. I would do unspeakable things to at least be in those situations right now. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, hindsight does change things. If Kenny Payne were here and like killing it, let's say we were nine and zero and we're ranked, we're having Maryland season, we're in the top twenty, we're looking great. Like we would all be like, yeah, why didn't we do this to Chris Mack sooner? Like, thank God Chris Mack's gone. But now that things have gotten like unspeakably bad. I mean, we're sitting here, like, longing for last year's team, which we thought was the worst we were ever going to see in our life. We're like, well, you know, that team would probably beat this year's team by about 25, which is true. <laughs> what? I, I don't know what else to say. Like, I, We're going to have the show a million times between now and March. Just give me some recruiting. Mm, Thursday, we're going to be talking about what happened on Wednesday. We need a 2024 recruit to commit to us just so we can spend three hours talking about that kid. <laughs> 
We need Jeff Braun to make a splash in his transfer so we can talk, talk about that kid. I need Jeff Braun to like call out Satterfield or something tomorrow just so we can have something else to talk about. <laughs> just give me like a bleep, Scott. Does Satterfield give an L's down at the Cincinnati game? He's not going to be there. Well, maybe he does put it on social media. I, I would love that, actually. <laughs> we, I mean, we talk about that the entire day Monday. Is it, can we do C-down? Is that... I feel like I'm giving a crib sign here. You do like you're trying to throw a gang <laughs> sign. Texas says, if the only win that we wind up getting this year is against Chaminade, they have to change the pronunciation of their team to make it rhyme with lemonade. They'll be Chaminade. I like it. <laughs> Where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> bizarre. People are just desperate to get anything that's not like, this sucks, which I agree with. Texas says, uh, no, I'm not reading that. <laughs> Texas says, to change the subject from depression, have you all talked about Marcus Dumerville entering the transfer portal? No. Uh, Marcus Dumerville was recruited heavily by Louisville coming out of high school. He announced today that he's entering the transfer portal. He's leaving LSU. Uh, also, offensive lineman, right? Tackle? I believe a defensive lineman. Okay. I'm sorry he was right. I thought he was a tackle from Could be wrong about it. I'm not going to look it up. We don't have enough time. Okay. We should mention, I mentioned, uh, Purdue, the running back commit, Kiwan Brown, is visiting Louisville this weekend. Also visiting Louisville this weekend, Baylor safety Devin Neal is in the transfer portal. He played 11 games this past year, had 41 tackles and two interceptions. Uh, we've got a couple of current commits that are making the trip this weekend. Uh, William Foles, who's a wide receiver commit, he's coming in town. Raekwon Adkins, who's committed, he's been heavily pursued by a number of other programs. He's coming to town this weekend. And Pierce Clarkson, fresh off of his visit from Jeff Brom out to yeah, Cali baby. last weekend. He's coming back in town this weekend. That's good news. Going to be a big-time recruiting weekend. He's a tackle, by the way. Offensive Offensive tackle, tackle thank you. Yeah. Um, do we bring him to the FAMU game? Because we might win. I mean, that needs to be. <laughs> Who do the women take? Take him to Omaha for the volleyball. I mean, <laughs> Who do the women play this weekend? Maybe they'll be better game. So, what am I saying? We're going to beat FAMU. They're going to they're going to see a win at the Yum Center for God's sake. Bring them to the game. I say take them to the volleyball game. Still. No, bring them bring them to the basketball game. We're winning. We're going to be good. You want me to come to Lobo? Why are we taking me to Omaha? <laughs> We're going to fly there. Probably. Mega Cavern. Lights under Louisville. Botanical Gardens has a beautiful light show right I now. Screw that. Just bring them by Kelsey Manor. I'll throw I'll throw a pot pie in the oven. By the way, U of L women's team plays tomorrow afternoon, early evening, five thirty. Bellarmine at Freedom Hall, kind of a cool thing. Excited oh. about that. Um, I don't. Is there a big like sporting event tonight? I don't have any. That game's gonna be on this airwaves over here. It will. I don't have any game to pick. We got Saint X tomorrow on ours. So are we off early tomorrow? No, no. We they go on. They don't start till six forty-five. Well, the women's game's at five thirty. No, you have a word to the other studio tomorrow. Remember? Oh, you already forgot, didn't you? No, I didn't. I just thought I don't. I still don't understand how that works, but. You said they're on air, our airwaves. Regardless, well, yeah, because we're all matter. one giant family here at, at WFIA and, and, at, and at WXBW. Well, I wish it was a family I could get off a little bit early. But <laughs> Everyone have a fantastic Tuesday night. I promise less angry bat. I can't promise that. Hopefully, I less, don't. Hopefully less angry basketball talk tomorrow. We'll get you ready for both Western and the Bellarmine games. Have a fantastic Tuesday. We'll see you guys right back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Why you wanna move so fast?